Blog Talk Radio. We've had the best football picks for a decade, and we ain't stopping now. Live from the IMLD Home Studios, in its 10th season, this is, in much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Now your host, Jay Andre. Well, well, well. Welcome everyone to our first ever game day morning edition of In Much Less Detail, the podcast. We are finally here with you live on a Sunday morning. November the 6th, 2022, a mere three hours before the game start. We are late, but we are here. I'm Dre. He's Jay. Blame it all on my area uh, down here in suburban Memphis, Tennessee. Last night, we lost power, and I had no lights. I had no ability to get ready for the show, host the show, call into the show, because uh, my phone was low on battery because I didn't anticipate needing a charged-up phone to call in. I didn't anticipate having no power. But that's what happened, and we got back up, but too late to do the show or to move the show back to Saturday night. So here we are on Sunday morning. Uh, Jay, the one saving grace is daylight savings ended, so we get an extra hour to prepare this morning than we normally would if we were doing a morning show. I was up at 5 o'clock this morning because I normally wake up at 6, so I was up at 5 o'clock this morning getting ready for the show. It, it, it's been the weirdest <laughs> Uh, it's been the weirdest experience I can remember. I mean, I actually had everything ready for the show a couple hours before the show, which was nice. So I was able to get everything ready for the show, have breakfast with the family. Uh, I'll, jury's out yet whether this is the, the best thing ever or the worst thing ever. <laughs> yeah, get back to you uh, after the show's over and then ask again, right? Yeah, let me. Yeah, <laughs> see how this goes. I'll be playing the role of uh, Charles Carroll this morning for our. <laughs> I just dated us, but uh, oh, that's okay very, very for our, for our very you know, we'll have so. some waterfalls and birds chirping in the background <laughs> at the end of the show with some videos of the sunrise as we do our Sunday morning edition of In Much Less Detail and our pick show. And it's a, it's a football brunch party. This is IMLD this morning. Welcome to Meet the Press. Yeah. Um, it, it, yeah. I, it's, it's still different. the same show. I'm looking at the clock. It's still nine o'clock. It just, just feels weird. Happens um, to be sun out instead of the moon. That's yeah, all. I mean, even you know, and I had to get. I actually had to put a little booze in my coffee this morning. <laughs> my wife's like, a little early, isn't it? I'm like, no, I got a show. <laughs> okay, she's like, you need that for the show. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's like my. It's performance enhancing. It's like my steroids. It's all my right, Barry Bonds. <laughs> I'm not here to talk about the past. Uh, okay. Oh, you're, you're Mark McGuire. I'm Barry Bonds. I got it. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't. I'm not know. here to talk about the past. Don't quite know how this is going to work out either. But I tell you what, I'm the one that's that's excited uh, to do a morning show. I'm the one that, if it was up to me, we would probably do it on Sundays anyway. Yeah. Uh, because Saturday night after we've worked all day and whatnot is kind of draining sometimes. Uh, but I understand with the family situation that is much. Uh, right. preferable 
then than trying to get up uh, Sunday morning and, and sh- all right, I'm, we, we had breakfast. We're trying to be a family. We're trying to enjoy our day together. All right, get the hell out of my way. I'm shoving all of you to the side. I got to do this podcast with my best friend who's an idiot, and we got to do this now. I, I understand that's, that's not preferable, but uh, like there, there's some advantages, I, I think, uh, to, to getting it done uh, on Sunday. We, we didn't have to go to bed at midnight or 1 o'clock last night, so that's one advantage. We didn't have to stay up you know, get all riled up for the show and do three hours of football party and then try to wind down and go to sleep, which is always. Yeah, I can. Uh, I actually can't just go straight from show to bed. Right. I can't either. So, so no, we'll see. Uh, hey, at least if it's a success, we'll know it's an option. If we ever, you know, if we need to do it again uh, down the road or if there's a situation that comes up, we'll, we'll know that uh, doing a Sunday morning show now that I'm available on Sundays, this wasn't possible right. for the last exactly. 10 years. Because I was always working on Sundays, but now being home on most Sundays, uh, this becomes a a possibility. If there's an emergency or somebody's got, you know, hey, you know, you got a date night with the wife. Hey, let's just shift it to Sunday. Bang it to Sunday morning. I think last year if this had happened to me, it would have been, I think I would have had you like email me your picks and I would have done a a solo show this morning. I think is how the only way it could have worked out because I could could not do the show last night. It was just uh, completely impossible. They didn't was get it out. raining. We went, was well, it, it was raining early in the day, but it was oh, okay. uh, completely sunny when it, when our power went out uh, yesterday evening, which is really okay. messed up. Maybe yeah, squirrel could have chewed through a power line or something. I mean, we have that happen here sometimes. You just hear a transformer explode, and it turns out yeah. it was a rodent of some type. Yeah, we we lose power, power a lot game. around here. I I don't know why. Well, that's like I'm worried about this because I'm in that nine o'clock to noon window now where my internet just randomly drops. So Uh-oh. if I just disappear, uh, just hmm. be aware I'll call back in. Um, right, I'll I'll wait a minute or two and then I'll see you come up on the phone line and I'll know right. what happened there. Yeah, if I just yeah. mid sentence I'm not there or I'm a non-responsive uh, that that well <laughs> non-responsive I could be dead, <laughs> but. Um, not responsive would really be an issue. Right. Uh, For anyone uh, joining us uh, in the morning uh, that has never joined us in the evening, welcome. We're very glad to be here. We're usually not here, but this is our first time ever. This is not my first time ever because I've done a couple of solo shows when you weren't available throughout the years um, on vacations and stuff. But this is the first time we both have been here uh, on Sunday morning. This is your first time ever on Sunday morning. So this is definitely a new experience for us. Uh, so anyone new to the show, this is our little format that we set up. we got two hours live, our football party, our first hour or so. We're going to look back on week eight, which seems even more far away because we're doing the show the right literally hours before week nine. But we're going to spend the first hour talking about week eight, uh, which is kind of funny. Uh, but then the second hour, we'll get down to business and make our picks for all the week nine games. We uh, pick all the games against the point spread. Uh, we pick them straight up too, uh, but we don't necessarily have to. The point is who's going to win the pick versus the spread. And going back to last week, as far as our records go, Jay comes out on top uh, over me. We wound up uh, disagreeing on five games, but one became a push. And we uh, and for the other four games, uh, did you take them all or did I no, took three you, and I took you one? Hooked, you hooked me. Ah. Yes, Packers, I go just, back dope. I destroyed you on all the other ones, <laughs> and you hooked me on the Packers. And be, yeah, you know, I, you I, don't, pack. I don't have anything to say about that game in my awards this week, but 
you know, <laughs> you are onto something here because Buffalo just toyed with the Packers in the second half. They just looked, they were just like, eh, you, you guys are never coming back. Josh Allen's making really silly throws. They just looked right. bored in the second half of that game. And of course, and, and they just give up, they give up this ridiculous YOLO ball to Rogers to, to, to get it to 10. And you're just, and I'm just like, of course I'm going to get, it's my lock. So of course I got hooked. <laughs> of course. Oh man. You so I'm picking up, game, so I'm picking up, I'm picking up games on you in the standings. I'm just, I just can't win a lock to save my life. And that was my only loss against you last week. So it's going to go gonna be like a uh, golf match play. I'm going to have you locked out uh, by uh, week 11. It's gonna, I'm going to be up uh, 11 and 10 or whatever. Eight and, seven, they, yeah. Eight and <laughs> yeah. seven. You'll, you'll have me <laughs> skins game. Yep. I'm trying to put you away very, very early uh, with the locks. It's uh, just one so you, point. So you, so you do win the week, uh, Week eight, nine and five with the one push for you, seven and seven uh, with the push for me, uh, puts you within three for the season. You're you're roaring back. Uh, I'm at sixty six and fifty five on the season against the spread. You're at sixty three and fifty eight. Uh, we each pick a lock of the week against the spread, um, and for some reason I'm just dominating that this year. So I move up to seven successful locks uh, in eight weeks uh, as I get the Vikings uh, for the second time this year. Um, and you're stuck on one. So, yeah, it's, it's yeah. not looking good for the lot. So, like you said, yeah. it, it only I've counts for pushes, one extra point. I, yeah, I've had pushes. I've had hooks. I, I've had all <laughs> kinds of – I've had teams just melt down. Um, a little bit I've of had, everything. I've had Matt Amendola happen to me. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, it's funny because the last several seasons, I would be, I would be like, way up on you in the locks, but I'd be 14 games back in the standings. <laughs> right. I think I like this better. <laughs> I don't. I don't feel very comfortable at all. You're, you're breathing down my neck. I don't like it. Yeah, it's like you um, started getting that little breathing room when you got seven up on me, and then it's just chipping away, chipping away, a little bit at a time. So we'll see how this week goes. Very condensed slate this week. Yes, uh, only uh, 13 games. Well, now 12 after the Thursday nighter that's been played. Right. So that was uh, a uh, that was oh man. You, we should, you know we should have seen that one coming. Houston playing their Super Bowl basically, and right. they just. Just barely slide under that number. Again, Philly just kind of eh, the Buffalo syndrome, right? They just they knew that Houston was never going to beat them, and they took their foot off the gas. Yeah, they they didn't have to. They they didn't have to put their foot down and put their right. their necks around their throats because they they were up, you know, two possessions. They knew they had it the whole way. They just they weren't right. covering the number. That they didn't they don't care about that. So they no. don't have to. why. But why expend all the energy? Why open up the playbook? Mm-hmm. Why show anybody anything? when you are playing against a team that's basically just, you know, not giving you nothing. It's a practice. It's a scrimmage. It's practice. The worst team in the league, but yeah, they tried their, yeah. they tried their best. So good on the Texans. I, I think your general Mills uh, oh. ain't going to be uh, the starter next year. He, he's, he's getting the full chance. That's all I have. He is. I, I, he I is. hoped he would do something with it. And he's, unfortunate. Yeah, they, they gave him the keys to the car. He just forgot to gas it up. Oh, uh, just, at least don't flip it like Miles Garrett. Jeez. All right. We uh, started just this year. This is our this is our tenth year of the podcast, but we just started this year a little bit of a new format. Looking back on Week Eight, we give out some awards uh, every week. Just you know what what, what we thought what we thought was the best of the week, what we thought was the worst uh, surprises and letdowns, and some uh, strugglings and, and WTFs along the way. Uh, just a little way to look back and add some structure to how we look back on things. So since you uh, were the best performer last week, I'll give you uh, the honors. So what was the best thing to you about week eight? Boy, 
it wasn't anything that actually happened in week eight. It was it was something that happened partly as a result of week eight, but it was a, a, cul- a culmination. Because um, I've never seen this before. I am giving this to Oh God Geno Smith, Kenneth Walker, and Tariq Woolen from the Seattle Seahawks for pulling off the trifecta Offensive Player of the Month, Offensive Rookie of the Month, Defensive Rookie of the Month. That's impressive, and it happened in this last week. I said I'll, I'll give the award to anything that happens between kickoff on Thursday night up to the kickoff of the next Thursday night, But and also partly because, thank God, the Seahawks beat the Giants. Somebody <laughs> needed to put them down, and I'm glad they did. But, I, oh, God, Geno Smith, Offensive yeah. Player of the Month, Kenneth Walker, Tariq Woolen, both offensive and defensive rookies of the month. I can't say enough about a team that we left completely for dead now sitting at first place in their division. Admittedly, not a very strong division this year, but still, that's a a team that we did not expect to be playing at the level they are. Geno Smith just dropping dimes every week. Like, he's a totally different player. Uh, How can you say more? How how does it get better than that? It it doesn't. Um, and we can make fun of teams that are, you know, hey, they're the champions of the first half. Congratulations. Now let's see what happens in the second. Uh, but at the moment, there's nothing you can take away from the Seahawks and the organization and, and everything that they've done. Uh, I, I'd still, you know, look at them with a bit of a cross eye. Like, am I believing in this? I know we don't believe in the Giants. We're, we're both uh, uh, on top of that and happy to see the Seahawks uh, get over the Giants. But how much do we really believe in the Seahawks? That same defense, that same, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Legion of Room defense that we made fun of the first few weeks of the year, all of a sudden started making some plays on the ball and getting more aggressive, uh, especially that kid, uh, Woolen, the rookie of the month. Uh, so, yeah, that that's, works, and, and how long can they keep that up? Can they continue to go out there and just kind of ball hawk their way, almost like the Cowboys, that they don't really care about actual coverage and actual uh, man and press defense? They, we're just going to go for the ball every time. And if we get it, awesome. And if we don't, oh, well, give them another touchdown. Um, okay, that, that's won the Cowboys how many titles uh, recently? Yeah, that's, uh, I don't know if that's a, a great strategy. But you know what? They're doing much better than they were uh, when, the first, when the season first started, and they were just getting toasted. And everybody was just lighting their ass up. So, uh, yeah, good on them. I can't take anything away from them. I'm as stunned as anybody that the Seahawks are are this successful. Uh, We'll see what happens in the second half of the year. So what would your best of the week be? I was uh, excited, and I said it when – when the, when the 49ers made the big trade uh, for Christian McCaffrey, yeah. the, the genius Shanahanigans, uh, McCaffrey in the triple play last week with the touchdown throwing and, and running and catching. Uh, look, I am a fan of Kyle Shanahan. I was very critical when he first uh, got into the NFL because it was obvious that he was only there because of his father, Mike Shanahan, a, a lot of nepotism there, but he's, proven himself. He's been a, a creative mind, a creative genius uh, throughout the years. Um, and the things that he's done with the 49ers, he's made Gene, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo into a Super Bowl quarterback uh, and got him to the conference title game last year. Uh, those of us that watch Jimmy Garoppolo play football, he's, he's not really a Super Bowl quarterback. He's like, man, he's, he's average. He's 
he makes those critical mistakes that you know pull your make you pull your hair out. I don't know if there's much difference between him and you know like an Andy Dalton or something like that, but he's got a coach that knows how to be creative and knows how to use the weapons that he's got. And I was definitely excited about the prospect of taking such a versatile talent like McCaffrey um, and pairing him up with a versatile talent like Debo Samuel and switching off and going, okay, this guy's going to be the receiver and this guy's going to be the runner. Uh, now next play, we're going to switch it off. Now he's got McCaffrey throwing the ball. So who knows uh, what the hell is coming in the future? They didn't even have Debo Samuel last week in their victory um, over the LA Rams. They beat him uh, for the uh, eighth street time in a regular season, but they had McCaffrey and they, boy, did they use him for all he was worth uh, scoring in every single way. I'm a, I'm a sucker for using talent in creative ways. And that's exactly what uh, Shanahanigans uh, pulled off. Uh, and the smartest thing about it is maybe the fact that they're using McCaffrey for all he's worth now while he's upright. Use him while he's healthy because he's not going to be healthy very long. He's probably not going to be there for you by the time the playoffs come around because he just can't stay on the field very long. But while you got him, second week that you got him, just use him as much as you possibly can. And, and they actually needed him because the Rams were winning that game at one point. Uh, but that was the best of the week. I'm just a sucker. Anytime a creative mind gets a piece of talent like that and says, hmm, what can I do with this guy? How can I use him? First time since LaDainian Thomason, throwing back to the Hall of Famer, that somebody has had a touchdown throwing, running, and catching one all in the same game. Got to give it up to, to the Shanahanigans and give it up to Christian McCaffrey. I don't know if there's a conflict of interest going on here in the NFL because clearly Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy G have ownership stake in the Los Angeles Rams. I, I don't know if you're allowed <laughs> to have an ownership stake in another team while you're actively playing for a, a different one. Because Man, we talked about ma- learning from our mistake, picking the Rams in the last matchup, and mm-hmm. uh, oh boy, howdy, uh, we... Uh, <laughs> We came back around onto the Niners quick. And, uh, Boy, howdy. Rams. Rams. Man, Rams don't yeah. look right. I mean, we've got the battle of the don't look right teams this week between the Rams and the Bucks. Yeah. Oof. But, hey, I'm, I'm glad you brought up that game because I don't have that game. But that's why I like this format because it gives us each a little bit to highlight. Um, I don't have this game anywhere in my uh, awards this week. So I'm glad you got, I'm glad you got that in there because that was, that was a beatdown. Yeah, in the second half, yeah, it was uh, it was a yeah. tough struggle in the first half, but they just opened the playbook up in the second and said, okay, here's what we can do, and here's what the Rams can't do because the Rams just don't have it right now. They they can't block up, they can't protect their quarterback, they can't yeah. get any kind of creativity. No team needed an upgrade at the deadline in running back more than the Los Angeles Rams, and they didn't do it. They should have uh, opened up the. I know they don't have that many draft picks left because they were mortgaging their right. future anyway. Uh, and it worked last year because it won on the title. But uh, if anyone should have gone the extra mile and just figured something out to get somebody, because they don't have anybody that can run the football. Because they're going to welcome Cam Akers back this week, uh, t- today. He's, <laughs> He's not very good. And he wanted off the team so bad that he was just sitting out and basically pouting and yeah. saying, I'm not going to play for you guys. And then the, the deadline comes and they, he doesn't get moved. And they're basically kind of looking at each other like, I guess we got to keep – dating each other they don't want to date each other but there's nothing else better out there it's like me and my high school girlfriends no the you know that we talked about it all season so far they sold their soul to win the super bowl and they did it and now they're paying the price that's right that's what it is but it's it's worth it if you win right 
there are exactly there's there's 31 other teams than the Rams who if that was the recipe every year would do that same thing. They had the ball, exactly. they went for it, they got lucky, things went their way because they had some they had some tough games. They were down in a lot of those playoff games, you know, or they or they had that crazy comeback with the Bucks almost beating them, or the you know, Cooper Cup gets behind the. Uh, <laughs> cover zero defense and uh, the zero blitz. And then they have the game against the, the Niners. They almost lose to them. Uh, they barely beat the Bengals because they beat up Joe Burrow so bad that they pretty much made him immobile, but it, it all worked. And it's, you know, it really does feel like that deal with the devil. It's like, I'll let you guys win the Super Bowl, but it ain't going to be so pretty after that. The key is that nobody has that crystal ball. Like no one can right. foresee if we do all this, will we actually win the title? Uh, if they knew, if they knew yeah. they, could, they could pull the Rams and do it, they would all do it. But nobody but actually you, knows. You would have thought that you would have had more teams get more, like, hyper-aggressive, saying, like, hey, it, it can work. Go all in. Go for it. You know, you feel like you're right on the cusp? Go for it. But wasn't this it, the it, most uh, most active trade deadline in NFL history, basically? With, as far it as was, but, but who's going players? for it? There yeah, was more could have been done, yes. Yeah, there, there was, was movement, but I don't see that. that I, I'm not pulling out that one team that I'm like, yeah, they're going for it. Right. I, yeah, I think McCaffrey still, after all that, was the best move of, of all the It was the, probably the biggest splash move. Yeah, biggest impact as far as I'm concerned, potentially, yep. if he can stay healthy. That's a big if. That's that's the thing. I tweeted that out as soon as the move got made. Like, you, you're a team that can't keep your running backs healthy, and you trade for <laughs> the most injury-prone running back in the league. But enjoy it while what, it lasts. Uh, so what in week eight was the worst thing to you? You know, it's, I am not going to beat up on, in fact, I would even defend DJ Moore. I think a lot of people want to come down harshly on DJ Moore for his exuberance after catching that Hail Mary 62-yard bomb Boy, against the Falcons. But I'm not going to do that. I mean, you can play the Zapruder film, and was he on the stripe or was he on the field? He, obviously, the ref looking right at him was like, no, you've gone too far, son, and they threw the flag mm-hmm. on him. Fine. I'm giving worst of the week to Eddie Pinero. <laughs> because even after that, he had two kicks to win that game. He had a 48-yard extra point. Granted, high degree of difficulty. It's a 48-yard kick. He just pulled it a little bit. But then after Mariota and the Falcons get the ball in overtime, they pick him off. Pinero, they get Pinero all the way down for a 32-yard attempt, and he kicks a duck <laughs> in, of a 32-yard. 32 yards. 32 yard, so he makes either one of those kicks. He gets that extra point with like six seconds left on the clock, or he kicks the game winner in overtime. Done. Nope, nope. DJ Moore is an afterthought. It's like, okay, it's a learning point. But because Pinero missed all those kicks, the highlight, the focus of the week became let's all let's all bag on DJ Moore, and I'm not going to do that. I still think that the, the idiot kicker. I don't know if he was liquored up. We got to ask Peyton Manning. But <laughs> the idiot kicker again is another kicker award. I've given good kicker awards. This is another one where you just make one of those kicks, all is forgiven, and you'd have the first place Carolina Panthers. So I mean, I'm kind of glad he missed those kicks. Um, I don't think I could live in a world where we have a, you know, Dusty Baker wins a World Series and a first-place Carolina <laughs> Panthers team. But uh, Eddie Pinero, worst of the week. I'd really be living in the upside down if that happened. Yeah, um, we are yeah. in bizarro world. 
huge uh, interception and run back at overtime by C.J. Henderson setting up Pinheiro, yeah, from 32. Like, that mm-hmm. wasn't even uh, – the PAT was well, – after the penalty, it was a 40, 48. 48. Yeah. This is this is 32. It's right there, man. There's, there's yeah. very few kickers in the league that miss from 32. That, you, that was – it wasn't normal, but it was a lot more frequent back in the day, back in the – when we were started watching football in the yeah. 80s and 90s. Uh, but nowadays, these kids, you know, you look at Justin Tucker and, and some of these other uh, unbelievable uh, kickers, the, the Bengals kicker, uh, McPherson. Uh, these guys are bombing it from 50 and yeah. 60 all the time. 32 is absolutely nothing. That's just a complete baby kick shot. And, and yeah, he, he just he blew it. He just completely blew that kick. Um, yeah, Carolina forgot they were tanking, and it had to be rescued by the kicker. <laughs> they, they've actually been forgetting since they fired their coach. Yeah, they, they've been they've been covering. Mm-hmm. They they're they're doing whatever that thing is that some teams do when they're buried and dead, and and everyone's getting rid of their best players, and they just kind of look around the room and say, okay, well, you know what, we got each other. That's, that's all we can do is just you know play our ass off and and try to do best for each other and and do what we can. You see, you see, you see that sometimes some teams just rally up and, yep. and say, hey, you know, everyone's putting us down and everyone's burying us, and, you know, all we can do is play our ass off and do what we can do. So that's what the Panthers are doing. So, it's, you know, good on them. Uh, but they are tanking. Um, I will get back to that sequence uh, with Mr. Moore uh, later on in, in my awards. Uh, my worst of the week, that run defense in the Bears-Cowboys game, both of them, both teams, just atrocious. They made the Bears made Tony Pollard look like a Hall of Famer, and we've been talking about that debate uh, basically since last year. That Tony Pollard uh, appears to be the better, uh, more explosive running back between him and, and Ezekiel Elliott. Of course, uh, the GM Jerry Jones doesn't think so, so he's going to make that decision and, and put Zeke back there as the starter. Uh, I guess he's the coach and the GM and the and the owner uh, because he's making all the decisions right now. Uh, it's what it looks like, but yeah, Pollard. You know, we we think uh, Pollard is the better option anyway, but boy, <laughs> the Bears uh, just opened up all sorts of holes for him and let him look like an, an absolute uh, impact player. Uh, I I don't think I've ever seen. Can you remember seeing a game where both teams uh, go for two hundred on the ground? Dallas ran for two hundred. Chicago ran for two forty uh, with Justin yeah. Fields and company. Uh, I can't recall seeing that. And, and we have seventy eight points scored in that game. Forty nine twenty nine. Uh yeah. yeah. Like um, just I, crazy. I was watching that game, so I got to see how it got to that point and why it happened. And it's because both run defenses were awful. Well, <laughs> and, the worst I've seen. I mean, you probably obviously the the Cowboys want to be a playoff team. They, you know, the Bears that's gotta give you a little bit of hope. I mean obviously they've traded their two best or two of their best defensive players now, the Roquan Smith got moved. I guess they weren't really cre- creating cap space for him after all. Um, no. So, and he goes to Baltimore, of course. You know, of course. Okay. Uh, <laughs> smart. I mean, God, organizations win championships. Um, but it has to give you a little bit of, like, hope. I mean, Justin Fields hasn't looked like complete ass the last couple of weeks. He's actually looked like a – like, you can, you can see – what they're trying to do, at least. That's great, but it just makes me – it still makes me <laughs> they give up angrier. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you know, 
the, the battle of terrible yeah. run ang- angles uh, yeah. on on defense. But no, just specifically for Justin Fields as a Bears fan, yeah, this is my account, and yes, it does uh, give me some hope uh, to see him actually being used the way he's supposed to. But it also just uh, inflames me and angers me all over again. But what the hell was Matt Nagy doing last year? What what are you doing? They just never use this guy's abilities in the open field. They seem to never call any kind of creative run plays, any kind of plays where he has the option to take off. Everything was in the pocket, and if it's not there, just get buried and sacked. Um, right. And well, it, it was just yeah. it was it was awful to watch. He had, he had no chance last year under Nagy, and now you know at least he's doing something. So we we got. Eberflus uh, coming in and his offensive coordinators are actually using it. I, that's great, but it's 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 obvious. Everyone watching knew that this was a way to use this kid. And I don't know why they weren't using him like that last year. I don't I don't understand. It, well, it's why Matt Nagy doesn't have a job anymore. <laughs> All the only the only bright spots for Justin Fields last year was just when plays broke down and just you know fight or flight took over. Right. Where this year, at least, it looks like with that three-headed running attack, because they've gotten Herbert mixed into it so much. I actually think Herbert's the better running back. Um, he's so much more efficient than David Montgomery. Um, but that's like a three-headed rushing attack. There's actually designed running plays and you know RPO type stuff. The, the passing game is just complete garbage. Just, right. That is that is not so the, until they can get that figured out. I was even texting you last week about Justin Fields' footwork. Ah, they got to get that right because he's sidestepping, backstepping. I, I don't know if he – but maybe he's just so used to being under duress. He's always under duress. He just doesn't want to plant and throw. He's always under Everything he's throwing is off balance. All right. Well, so, I, all right. like I said, I've, I've seen worse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, but as it, far as it, the yeah. – the, it's not Tim Tebow. I mean, he knows right. how to throw a football. I'm just saying it's just could This could be a byproduct of, you know, maybe he's, maybe he's just never recovered from that. Miles Garrett <laughs> sitting on him oh, like nine times in one game or whatever that was. Uh, well, if he did that to me, I wouldn't recover either. So I understand. <laughs> he just sees Cleveland Browns every right. time he's ah, playing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As far as Chicago, the team this year, no, there's no hope there. It is, yeah, it's, no. it's all about just letting uh, fields develop. And, yeah, it's great to see him showing some playmaking ability uh, on the ground, a little bit in the air. Um, and the Bears would have lost by 40 last year, uh, if not for that. So, you know, they lost by 20 instead, so good for them. I think you had the Bears in that one, didn't you? Uh, unfortunately. Yeah, sorry. Uh, that that was not the smartest thing about uh, Week 8. What was the smartest thing about Week 8? Sm- you know what? <laughs> I'll tell you what the smartest thing about Week 8 was. When you have an injured starting quarterback and you just so happen to have, when he's healthy, the best running back in football, it's pretty smart to use that guy. So I'm, I'm giving this to uh, Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans, letting Derrick Henry go for 32 for 219. <sighs> Like you said, you were worried about that happening, and um, Malik Willis, six of ten for fifty-five yards and a pick. He set offensive quarterbacking backwards in this game. But when you're playing against the DFL Houston Texans run defense, it's pretty smart to exploit that. And uh, Derrick Henry pounded the rock on them all game long. That Tennessee defense was just. 
they couldn't run on the Titans. Davis Mills wasn't throwing the ball very well. Uh, the Titans getting a 55-yard passing effort from their quarterback uh, end up winning and covering against the Houston Texans. So uh, that's the smartest of the week for me. Play to your strength. Uh, for sure, because they did not want to play to that kid at quarterback at all. No. At all. I will uh, get to that game later uh, in my awards. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot to say about that. The uh, smartest thing to me about week eight, so uh, the Eagles throw it up for A.J. Brown uh, repeatedly. This is also about taking your weapon that you have and using it in the best way, yeah. uh, and it involves the Titans only tangentially because A.J. Brown used to be a Tennessee Titan, but for some reason they decided, eh, we don't want him. We'll, we'll trade him. Um the Steelers cornerback for absolutely no challenge. He just kept going up uh, from 39, then from 27, then from 29, just all in the first half. A.J. Brown just goes up and takes it and says, yeah, I'm, I'm the man. I'm going to do this. And you don't see that enough to me where you have the clear playmaker advantage on the field and just keep going to him. Just keep going to that guy because they can't stop him. Um, and the Eagles absolutely uh, destroy the Steelers. Uh, that last catch was comedy because he made uh, cornerback uh, Akello Witherspoon and safety Minka Fitzpatrick run into each other <laughs> trying to stop that third touchdown, and they failed. They, <laughs> they, they, he just, he's standing there with the ball. He didn't go to the ground. He's looking at them. They're on the ground. He's just pointing at them like, Yo, you tried to stop me? You tried to stop me? And neither one of y'all stopped me. It's, yeah, one, two, yeah, it's not enough. He got a taunting flag for that, and it's good. It's fine. Because he, he was right. He, you shouldn't get a taunting flag when you taunt and you're correct. Because he was correct. Neither one of them could stop him. And, and So that's the smartest to me. Just take that guy and use him uh, for all he's worth because no one can stop A.J. Brown when, when he's doing what he's doing. I, I'm with you. Use Play your strength. Unfortunately mm-hmm. for the Eagles and the, unfortunately for the rest of the league right now, the Eagles' strength is on offense with everybody. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, they're almost erasing some of their other – like uh, Devontae Smith is Devontae sort of an afterthought. Zero, zero targets. Uh, all, whoever their other receivers are. But that's fine because you have the clear physical advantage with that number one guy. Just keep using him. Until someone yeah. stops him, keep using him. And that's the smartest thing to do. Eventually teams are going to come in and say, uh, you know, say we got to double and triple A.J. Brown before the game even starts. And right. at that point is when, okay, now, you know, Devontae Smith is one-on-one. Uh, even yeah. Quez Watkins can go deep every now and then. Uh, that's when the other guys open up Dallas Goddard in the middle of the field. Uh, I, I think it's exactly the right thing for the Eagles to do is to keep using up A.J. Brown and make everyone else adjust to you until they can stop him. Right now, nobody can stop him. No, I need to see the Eagles play one of these elite teams that can actually get pressure with three or four because until they do – they're just going to keep steamrolling people. Yeah, no contest. No. Uh, can, can I make a, a, a call of my lock of the week uh, like four or five, six weeks out in advance? Uh-oh. Um, the Cowboys oh. had, uh, had no <laughs> chance to go into Philly uh, with, with uh, that, that backup yeah. quarterback, uh, Cooper Rush. Uh, they're going to destroy the Eagles when they go down to Dallas because they're, they're going to make up for that because that, that was just ridiculous. Um there's no way in hell because they knew they knew going in that they had no chance because you know with Dak Prescott right. being hurt, 
um, this is what Dak is loading up for now. This is what he's getting ready for. Like he, he came back last week, um, in week seven, rather, I should say, um, and just getting his feet wet and, and shaking the rust off. And then you see what happened against uh, Chicago. Um, they're going to get, you know, Ezekiel Elliott back. They're going to have everything, uh, have all their ducks in a row. They're going to have the running game lined up. Dak's going to be loose and ready. They're, they're going to be motivated. They're going to come out uh, for that rematch in Dallas, and they're going to destroy the Eagles. Okay. Well, I, I, I like you calling your shot there. I know. Because usually when I do that. you six locks to play with, so you might as well. That, that's true. I, I, can, I just got to set it up to make sure I don't lock – uh, for the Cowboys or against the Eagles the week before, because then I can't do it. Oh, ah, strategy. Got to figure that out. All right, uh, so many choices for dumbest thing of week eight. Uh, which one is your dumbest? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I was. It's not so much like the dumbest thing that happened, but it's the one that left me scratching my head the most, because you're watching a team play, you're watching a game, and either you think they're stupid or maybe you're just the stupid one because you're just sitting, you can't figure out what the hell's going on. So I'm going to ask you a question here because this is, this ties into my stupidest of the week. What is the Bengals offensive game plan without Jamar Chase? Um, um, I, I, I get uh, we we did it. We hit uh, the same thing again. Uh, that's my daughter <laughs> too. So, they can't run. <laughs> yeah, I don't well, know, they can't run the ball at all. They haven't been able to run the ball all year. Joe Mixon is one of the worst efficiency running backs in the league, um, and I don't think that's because Joe Mixon sucks. That's because the Bengals have a crap offensive line because Joe yeah. they can't run and they can't protect their quarterback. That is not a good recipe. They made the Browns look really good, and and the Browns aren't that good. Oh no. But but and, uh, to your point, yeah, it's really hard to do anything on offense when you can't do anything on offense yeah. because of your they, Their game plan was get destroyed. That's what I. I that's the only <laughs> thing I can come away with from that game. That was awful. So it's my dumbest because Cincinnati not running through. I, I understand he's not yeah. been very good, and it's because of, of the old line mostly. But even still, you got to run through Joe Mixon at Cleveland. You had the mm-hmm. Browns. We're giving up 4.7 yards per carry coming into that game. You haven't done anything on the ground this year, but you're playing a team that's going to let you do something on the ground. If only you try to do something on the ground, and they didn't try to do anything on the ground. They ran 10 times. They ran 10 times in the whole damn game. Joe Mixon ran at eight carries. What the hell? For 27 yards. This is with your best playmaking receiver out, not on the, you know, not playing in the game, Jamar Chase. And your answer to losing Jamar Chase is to run Joe Mixon eight times. That's why it's my dumbest. Because what the hell is wrong with you? Why, why would you go into that game with any game plan other than let's try to establish the running game and Joe Mixon, whoever, if he's, if you think he's the problem, then try whoever his backup is, some IJP Ryan, do whatever you got to do. But you yeah. got to try something other than just dropping Joe Mixon or uh, Joe, uh, Joe Burrow back 35 times and, and let him get sacked five times. And, and they were scoreless until the fourth quarter. And it's yes. because they had a shit, dumb strategy coming into that game. And I'm with you. I don't know why I, it, it was out there, but I'm thinking. What the hell's going on out here? I, I was thinking the exact same thing you do. Why are they doing this? That's just dumb. 
Yeah, I've got a feeling that Joe Burrow, if he's got one of those wrist guards with the plays on it, just opens it up, and everything just says, shitty play, shitty play, <laughs> shitty play. And then he closes it and looks in the huddle and goes, okay, guys, shitty play on two. Break. Break. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we, we thought the same uh, thing. Yeah, the Browns are not. So, yeah, so good, all but... the dumb things that happened last week, that. we're on that one. Eight carries for Joe Mixon. Eight. Come on, yeah. man. Uh, what was the biggest surprise of Week 8 to you? You know, I don't think it was a surprise necessarily to you or me, but you could tell that it was a surprise to a lot of other people. And uh, we talked about it a little bit on the last show because I'm going back to that Thursday night game and the, the fact that the Ravens can lose their best play uh, maker in Mark Andrews, not the best playmaker, it's Lamar Jackson, but their best offensive weapon out in right. the, you know, running routes in Mark Andrews, and uh, they go to his, uh, so shall I say, likely replacement. Ah, I see what you did there. And uh, Isaiah Likely just steps right in, gobbles up all the targets, scores a touchdown, and it like that team doesn't even miss a beat. And that's a bit of a surprise. You know, usually you lose the, the big weapon. I mean, if the Chiefs lose Travis Kelsey, it ain't looking the same. And, uh, man. Broncos, we talk about that team being smart. They, they, they draft a, an excellent playmaker at tight end, so they lose their top tight end. He slides right in. They trade for Roquan Smith this week. They're trying to shore up that defense. I mean, the results haven't been there for the Ravens, but it shouldn't be a surprise. Man, they're smart. Mm-hmm. They're very smart. They're very uh, well organized. They know exactly what they need to do when they have weaknesses. Uh, there are so many teams, I, I would venture to say most of the teams, probably a vast majority, uh, if, uh, if they had as many defensive losses and injuries as the Ravens did last year, would not have set out to fortify like they did. But they, they did. They knew what their weaknesses were. They went out and fortified it. It reminds me of the Packers going the exact opposite way, knowing what their weaknesses year after year after year, which is uh, playmakers uh, in the receiving core, and just not addressing it for whatever reason. Uh, the Ravens, when they have a weakness, they see it, they address it. Um, that game specifically Thursday against the Buccaneers, you know, they got very lucky uh, in that game because that was a, a pass-first game plan uh, when they came right out in the first half, um, and it didn't didn't really work, didn't really look good. They fell behind. Um, second half, a really run-based scheme, much more effective, and then that opened up being able to go to likely – uh, down the seams, uh, uh, you know, a lot of middle, deep middle passes. Uh, Lamar's favorite, you know, to Mark Andrews, but Andrews being hurt, um, so likely fills right in. And yeah, that's that's not a surprise to me because we saw him in the preseason. We saw uh, the talent that he had, and we knew at some point he was going to uh, get that chance. Uh, I mean, and he got it in the middle of the game instead of you know as a second tight end, which I thought they were going to maybe do sort of a. New England Patriots, you know, Gronk and Hernandez type tag team situation. I think they probably still should do something like that uh, because there's no reason not to when you have a quarterback that, as much as I love Lamar Jackson, has clearly over the years demonstrated that he struggles to get the ball consistently to the outside. He just he can't do it on a consistent basis. He does it every now and then, but certainly not to the point where you go, oh, that's, that's the guy. That's definitely the number one quarterback. Uh, but you know, deep middle, uh, intermediate middle to, to tight ends. He's got no problem with that. So yeah, just line two of them up and send them both down to, down to each hash and dare you, you know, dare the other team to stop them. Um, 
but yeah, that wasn't a surprise uh, to me that that likely came through. It was a, uh, I guess it was a surprise because I didn't pick him up in my fantasy league, so it, it was a little bit of a surprise. <laughs> you didn't kill him. No, yeah. well, I think yeah, he wouldn't surprise, have been able to do that if I had him. The surprising part was it was just it was seamless. Yeah, it just slid right in. Yeah, like, I mean, take like the team we just talked about being stupid mm-hmm. with the Bengals. They had a whole week to prepare for a game <laughs> wow, without Jamar Chase. Right. Heck. Zach Taylor, what so are you doing? There's a there's a contrast right there. You have a whole week yeah. to game plan, and you still have playmakers on that offense. The, be, the 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 Ravens lose probably their go-to guy. Like clearly, that was their game plan. I think he had five targets before he got hurt, and he got hurt really early in that game. They were clearly keying on Andrews. He gets hurt, boom, don't miss a beat. <laughs> That's not mm-hmm. easy to do. No, it's not easy. Uh, but if anything was going to do it uh, with that position, it would be the Ravens. Yeah. So, uh, so what, what surprised you? So you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. The hell? Did the Raiders get shut out <laughs> by the Saints? I've, I've got out? one for this coming up, too. <laughs> Boy wonder. Josh McDaniels, yeah. what, what's going on? My, yeah. my friend, What? this is the second head coaching job that you're going down in flames. This isn't looking much better than what you did with the Broncos. You know, even at least with that, you got, you know, Tim Tebow to the playoffs. But this one, eh, it's not looking good at all. We uh, talked about Josh Jacobs and how he had been eating. He was, he was the yeah. big dog. He wasn't the big dog last week uh, in the Superdome. Ten carries for 43 yards. Derek Carr throws for 101 and a pick. Ooh, and, and sacked three times um, and gets benched in the fourth quarter for Jared Stidham. Oh, Jared boy. Stidham. Um yeah. Boy, 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 wonder he's blowing it again. I, I was just completely surprised by that. Just shut out, no points at all, man. Well, I, I'll just give my award to that right now. Would you play a little Joe Namath for me? <laughs> oh yeah, boy, uh, boy, wonder and the, and the Ravens are definitely doing that. Struggling. Uh, it's even worse than you made it sound. Uh, you want to talk <laughs> about struggling? I wrote right here: Boy, wonder and Derek Carr when Derek Carr was in the game. Yeah. Ran zero plays in Saints territory. Man. They did not cross midfield until the two minute mark in the fourth quarter in garbage time when Jared Stidham was, was, was at quarterback. That was the first time the whole game fifty eight minutes. It was the first time the whole game that the Raiders got past the midfield stripe. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the Saints defense. defense. The Saints defense from a few years ago. The Saints defense has got some holes in it. That's not a great defense. I mean, it's it's, it's, tight, but... That's why it was a surprise, because they turned it up last week. Damn. The the geniuses. Again, Mm -hmm. how much have we talked about this this year? Boy Wonder, Zach Taylor, uh, Daniel Hackett. Uh, Sean McVay, all these gurus, all these guys, like every team had to go and get these guys, and they are laying some eggs this year. Yeah. So, Uh, yeah, Boy Wonder and Derek Carr managed zero plays in plus territory for the entire game until garbage time when it didn't even count. They still got shut out. They got got stopped dead at the six-yard line. (laughs) Man. That's uh, I don't I don't know what to say about the Raiders. This is not looking good there at all. Joe Joe Namath knows what to say. They're just struggling. Struggling. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna do my struggling uh, since we're on struggling, and also because I uh, referenced it in the uh, title of the show. Um, I'm going back up to DC because 
Now, Dan Snyder uh, uh, announced on Wednesday, I believe, uh, that they're uh, hiring a, a bank to start the process of possibly yep. selling uh, a piece or all of the uh, Washington Washingtons. Uh, after all this time of uh, oh, Snyder's got all these uh, dossiers and, and all this information on everybody that he's, if he's, if he's going down, everyone's going down with him and he's never selling. And this is his identity uh, and this, that, and the other. Uh, and now all of a sudden he announces uh, that he's going to start looking into selling the team. And my conspiracy brain immediately thought to myself, okay, what happened? Cause he just out of nowhere. Okay. I'm going to look at the, start looking into selling the team. It reminded me of when he out of nowhere decided after years and years and years of swearing he's never changing the name of the team, I'm going to change the name of the team now. Um, and you had to wait for the second shoe to drop to find out why he decided to do that. And it's because, oh, here come all these sponsors that were starting to announce that they're backing out of uh, Washington and, and no longer sponsoring the team. And, and all these uh, sites that are saying that, no, you can't come here. You're not going to build a new stadium here, not in Virginia, not in D.C., not in Maryland. None of us want you. We all hate you. And none of this is going to happen. Okay, fine. I'll I'll change the name of the team. So, my conspiracy brain. What's the second shoe to drop now, Wednesday, when he just randomly wakes up in the morning and decides to release a a, a press release saying I'm selling or I'm looking into selling the team? And about 35 seconds after he announced that on Wednesday, the second shoe drops where the uh, announcement comes down that the U.S. Attorney's Office is reported to have uh, opened an investigation into their finances and they're cooking some mm-hmm. books and got some some money going where it's not supposed to go and we have been hearing and reading about this that a lot of the, the reason that the owners uh, hate Dan Snyder is because he's been taking some of that money when teams come in to Washington uh everyone's supposed to get a piece of that pie when visitors come in whatever money uh comes in attendance wise they're supposed to split that up evenly amongst the other 31 teams in washington uh reportedly has not been doing that they've just been keeping that money just completely underselling and under reporting their attendance and just pocketing that money for themselves because the, the you know what dan snyder clearly needs is more money uh, in his pocket because he's just not rich enough obviously right uh, and they'll get a billion so, dollars for the team right when he does sell he just you know give uh, another boatload of money uh, to add to the boatloads of money that he already has uh, but so that was the other issue. So yeah, that that's clearly a franchise that's that's struggling. And uh, I, I said it last week. It felt like it was coming to a head. It felt like something big was going to happen. And this week was the week that it started uh, to happen. So I, I don't know who's all going to be in a condition or position to uh, to buy that team. But uh, that's going to be a, a, a fascinating process because some of the names I've already seen thrown out there, like uh, Bezos or Jay Z or some people that yeah. you necessarily wouldn't think would ever get approved by the other owners. Uh, it's it's going to be uh, interesting to watch. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's an elite club, so shall we say. Very much. So, um, so what was your letdown of week eight? Yeah, well, it's obvious. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett got to keep his job. <laughs> <laughs> I was even starting to see articles before that game last week that there were rumblings that he was not going to survive yeah. that trip to London if they, you know, and I was calling that five weeks before, and I was on a mission, man. I, nobody's more let down than me. Obviously, I can't be completely 100% let down, maybe 80%, because I still get a lot extra. He's going to provide us with material for this show for the whole rest <laughs> of the season. So 
I have a, you know, he'll, he'll be in the bad awards down the stretch. I'm sure somewhere. Um, yeah. And, you know, and the Jags, every, every, uh, the Jags are two and six, every loss for the Jags, less than one score. Hmm. So, you know, clearly an improving team, because that's usually the sign, you know, they're not getting their doors blown off by anybody. They're hanging in there, but they just, they just can't turn the corner. They get stopped at the one yard line. They get stopped just short. They get stopped just short against Denver, you know? All right. Maybe I was a year too soon with the Jags. That's a letdown, but man, Nathaniel Hackett does not deserve a job. Trevor Lawrence throws a pick at the one yard line. They stop themselves. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Tell the truth. You, you were the one feeding Ian Rappaport and, and Adam Schefter. You're the Come on. No, 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 up. No. Come on. I, I was, was uh, I the source? You're, you're the one. You're the secret source. You're, you're a deep throat. Come on. We, we all know no, it. I... <laughs> feeding, my, feeding my own story by leaking right. my own source. Oh, okay. I see how it goes. I think the government does it. Why can't I do it? <laughs> uh, the government, the police. Uh, yeah. So – Maybe the Broncos are going to start a turnaround here. Russ no. kind of—he wasn't cooking. He—he he, he might have been starting to simmer in that game. Was really. he prepping? He must, yeah, he, the he, eggs. He was finally chopping some onions and then. Did you see the? Did you out. see the? Did I send you the thing about him doing the Broncos country left ride <laughs> in front of the stadium as it's burning down to the ground? Yes, yes, you did. Okay, wanted to make sure I sent that one to you because I, I like that one. <laughs> Oh, it, it, you got to have some fire to cook. So he was, you know. <laughs> I mean, oh. I, I don't know if they're going to turn it around, but I know that they look like a team and a and a quarterback that were not on the same page, not even in the same book for the first right. two months of the season. And just keep that in mind for for those of you looking for for second half possibilities and teams that you might want to latch on to that might give a little bit of a run. This is. Russ's first year in Denver after all those years in, in Seattle after a decade up there. Adjustment. He needed an adjustment period. Maybe mm-hmm. he's going to turn it around when they get back. Maybe. You know what? Mm-hmm. If Nathaniel Hackett turns this around, I mean, this would be like Sean McDonough level turnaround. <laughs> right? Because we left him for dead, too. Mm-hmm. And he was he was dead, buried, side of the road, you know, unmarked grave dead with that team trying to destroy that thing. Worst playoff team ever. <laughs> <laughs> so it's possible. Anything's possible. Yeah, all I'm saying in that England game is those screw-ups that Lawrence was making uh, are the type of things that Russ had been making in the first half of the season, and this time it was Lawrence. So, yeah, maybe he's turning around. That's all I'm saying. It's just maybe. It's just keep, keep that in mind. Uh, my letdown of week eight so I was saying how I was looking forward to Malik Willis getting this start for the Titans. <laughs> Sorry. Because I because I just wanted to see what he had, and I was excited. Yeah, me too. I, even, I wasted a dollar on that. <laughs> uh, in, your, in your daily fantasy uh, mm-hmm. stacks. Um, I, I wasted hours of my life watching the whole thing. Um, that I was I was looking forward to him and you know General Mills. Those are sort of both. That, I don't I don't want to say Millis, Willis is my guy, but as a Titans uh, fan down here in Tennessee, and as someone who has watched the Tanny Show and and thinks it should get canceled because he's going to break your heart, uh, no matter how high your seed is, number one seed overall last year, and he's still 
found a way to, to lose that game. Um, I think Willis eventually has to get the, the shot to be the guy, maybe not this year, his rookie year, but eventually, maybe year two, year three. Um, and I wanted to see, you know, where is he right now? How far has he made it? And General Mills, I have really hadn't watched a whole Texans game, maybe maybe a primetime game, but um, not, you know, too heavy uh, of General Mills action ever since that last game of the year last year against the Titans where he had yeah. those several throws that made me go, ooh, oh, there, there's something here. This kid's got something. Let's see what else he's got. So between those two, I was really looking forward to that game. That may have been the worst quarter of football I've watched this year, that first quarter. <laughs> I think that was the Mal- worst I'll, quarter of I'm football. I'm going to tell you right now where Malik Willis is. He's undefeated as a starter in the league. Oh, that makes all the difference. Because quarterback wins and losses are so important. <sighs> yeah, well, uh, it, it wasn't just them. It was false starts. It was horrible throws. It was uh, General Mills threw uh, an awful INT right in the middle of the field. Uh, Malik Willis tried to match it with a, with an equally awful throw. Um, big Derrick Henry runs in that first quarter were erased by holding penalties. So I was actually thinking, uh-oh, this is going to be he one of the could have ran for more. Yeah, yeah, he really could have. I didn't even like the way Malik Willis runs himself when he got in the open field. His legs looked like look they like were too wide. like a toddler like Kyler Murray? Or... Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Like his legs were a little wider, you know, past his hips than there should have been. Like maybe, you know, all right, let's, let's streamline that a little bit. I didn't like anything about either one of them. The awkward throws, awkward runs. Uh, Houston was actually able to send defensive backs after Derrick Henry once they saw that all the Titans were going to do was just run the football. And that yeah. actually worked for about three or four plays. And then he yeah. just said, fuck this. <laughs> because those DBs weigh 175. <laughs> and, you know, how many times are you going to run up in the hole against Derrick Henry? Yeah, eventually I'm going to be like, I don't really want to do this anymore. This hurts. And that's pretty much what happened. Uh, Tennessee just took over in the second half. Malik Willis threw once in the second half. Once. (laughs) One throw. Everything else, give it to Derrick Henry. Here, kid. Here's your your play call. Turn around, give the ball to Derrick Henry, get the fuck out the way. That's your play call. That was an awful, awful. I was very much let down. uh, Because General Mills could have uh, figured out a better way to – play and, and possibly cover that number or win that game. If he played better, he didn't play good either. He was he was ass as well. So right. both of them let me down. I'm just glad I had the Titans in that one. Oh. Pretty sure yeah. when I made that pick, I said this Derrick Henry show. It's a, I'm, this is not a Malik Willis pick. This is a Derrick Henry pick against that DFL run D. So glad I got that I, one. I knew and admitted that Derrick Henry is the the Texans' daddy. I knew I knew yeah. all about his record yeah. of having 200 yard games against the Texans. Believe me, I watched them. I just knew that he hadn't been himself this year so far. Well, when you play the Houston Texans, you figure out who you are and you you you're yourself again. And he did the damn field in a weight. I feel better. So that's yeah, definitely sure what did. happened in that game. Oh. Uh, so you covered your struggling. I covered my struggling. All that leaves is is some Danielle. So what was your what the fuck? Yeah, give it to me, Danielle. Where you at, honey? I'm actually going off the field for this one. Uh, I'm usually mm-hmm. not, not too much up on the the crime and punishment wing with, with these awards. <laughs> you know, we have that more for the Hall of Infamy. But I saw something this week that made me say that. Uh, I'm not going to say it because my kids are up. Um, ah said what the h um <laughs> I, I i come to find out through the news 
this week that uh, a second suspect in the Brian Robinson no. shooting was no. uh, apprehended. So now that's two suspects for the uh, shooting him, uh, the ass shooting, basically. Uh, they said in the leg, but mm-hmm. he got shot. In, he got shot in the booty. He got he got the Forrest Gump treatment. Um, <laughs> I was shot in the buttocks. Both of the suspects are uh, 14 and 15 years old. Man. And if that doesn't just give you the the SMH and the WTFs, Mm -hmm. I don't know what does. So it's kind of a sad way to end my segment this week, but that ain't right. So I'm glad Brian Robinson is okay. He's on the field. He's playing, so there's nothing to do with the player. But uh, attempted robbery – uh, by a fort, we're never going to get details because these kids they're, they're, they're in the juvie system. We're never we're not going to know right. who they are. But a fourteen and a fifteen year old uh, man, that, that ain't right. Definitely, uh, definitely not right. I wasn't aware of their ages. I just knew it was you know welcome to D.C. This is what happens uh, in yeah. Washington. You're going to get carjacked and uh, uh, attempted robberies. Uh, that's, that's just part of yeah, the, life up there, unfortunately. The initial suspect that they apprehended was 15, and this week they apprehended a second suspect in connection with it, and he was 14. Yeah. I'm assuming I mean, he's I, a guy. I, I, didn't, right. I, I didn't get that far. Just a 14-year-old and a 15-year-old. That, that's what mm-hmm. I know. But I saw that, and I was like, ooh, that's not good. That, that almost kind of makes sense just hearing that right now, because who else would be dumb enough to try to carjack a football player? So that kind of you know, yeah. puts it in a little more uh, perspective. Like you, you got to really be uh, underdeveloped mentally to even try to do something like that. And they're packing. We are. Uh, yeah. Uh, don't even get me started on that. So, yeah, I'll uh, go back on the field uh, for the WT. Just the sequence that we already talked about uh, with the Panthers-Falcons game. Uh, so the DJ Moore <laughs> yeah. situation – um, it's a good one to revisit. Because the, the, everything about it is sort of WTF. The Falcons yeah. up six with time remaining, or time running seconds. out. Twelve seconds. Very little time. Uh, they do the one thing that you can't do in that situation when you're up six, and they let Don't DJ Moore Don't let them get, get behind, behind you. Them. Don't let them get behind you. 52-yard touchdown fling. That was actually, I called it a Hail Mary. That wasn't a Hail Mary. That was clean. That was scrambling from pressure and desperation, uh, throwing it up by P.J. Yeah. Walker. In stride, um, though. That wasn't guys all jumping up doing some miracle catch. That was he had D.J. Moore on the fly. I, it was impressive. With two Falcons trailing very close behind yeah. him, like very close, but obviously not close enough. Yeah. Uh, you can't, can't do that. That's, <laughs> that. that's the one thing you can't do. So that's the first part of WTF. What, what, what are you doing? Let him get... Like you're up yeah. six, protect the end zone. You don't do that. So the touchdown is scored. The game is tied. The extra point is pending. And because Carolina is tanking, DJ Moore remembers that at the last second and rips his helmet off so he can get a penalty. I, I you can't convince me otherwise. He did that because he knows the Panthers are tanking. And he said, "Oh, I wasn't supposed to make that play." We're supposed to be losing all Wait, this. Wait, oh, I, I did not see. I didn't see any money sticking out of Eddie Pinero's pocket. <laughs> you trying to you trying to say they, that he yacked those or? I'm just saying they're they're okay. they're trying to tank. They're clearly trying to tank. Uh, so some more risk the helmet. 
that that's even controversial because technically, as you already uh, referred yeah. to, was he if actually he's a pruder, in the field he was of on the, play? On the was he on the yeah. white stripe? Was he? It's okay if he's off the field, but was he kind of still on the field? So there there were arguments in social media from actual you know NFL yes. official type people that that shouldn't have ever been a penalty because he was technically not on the field. In any event, the uh, PAT is moved back and the 48-yard try is missed. So that's the WTF like, oh, my God, they were so close yeah. to putting that I was game sitting, away. I was sitting in the chair I'm in right now with the TV in the corner behind me watching this happen like, man, 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 man. that's so Falcons. <laughs> I don't have a that's so Falcons drop. No, um, but that was – it's just like it, it was just, you know, it, that chef's kiss Falcons right there. It really figuring is. Figuring out a way to lose that game. And then to win that game is even more, you know, WTF. <laughs> like, wait, the Falcons because... are in first place? Would you uh, look at those standings and you go, what the, what the fuck? <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, I know uh, you that, whole, that whole uh, sequence from that play <laughs> through the end of the game was just one big, you know, it, it, Exactly. It, it also took away from the throw of P.J. Walker's life because that yes. was unbelievable. That's going to completely yeah. be forgotten about. Um. So That's why I gave go... Eddie Pinero the worst of the week because <laughs> it wiped it all away and put the focus yeah. on the wrong guy. Yep. He blows that overtime field goal uh, from 32. And it was uh, not which, pretty. W- w- it was for the win because it wasn't yeah. uh, the first possession situation. Correct. It, was the, it came after the Panthers had the possession and threw uh, the interception. So, therefore, right. he kicks it. It's over. That's, that's that, man, that Mariota pick was ugly. Oh, yeah. Just threw it, it up. No business throwing that pick in overtime. So, yeah, Carolina for, forgot they were tanking and had to be rescued by the kicker is basically what that came down to. That whole thing uh, was a big WTF. All right. So I, I think the, it's a good way to finish because that was clearly the, I'm going to say, story of the week. We don't have a, you know, we don't have a, a category for like that overarching story of the week. But the story coming out of last week clearly was that DJ Moore – um, you know, was he or wasn't he? And then, but nobody, nobody's blaming that kicker. I'm blaming the kicker. <laughs> uh, and for for good reason because those, those kicks should have been. You're, you're right; they they should have been made. Yeah. And um, you flip that to the other side, and the kicker nobody really talks about. I mean, after Justin Tucker might be the best kicker in the league, and in Young Way Koo, who gets no yeah. pub and no run because you know he plays on a bad team. Um, well, first place, bad team, but plays on a bad team. Uh, well, he's almost an automatic too. I mean, there's, there's some of these kickers, you know, like Butker and, 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 uh, oh God, Tucker. And you know, nobody really talks about young way Koo, but he, he keeps Atlanta and then wins a lot of games for them. No, he won't be an automatic this week. Cause I needed a fantasy kicker. So young way, baby, all, oh, all loaded up and ready to go for him. That's the highest. Uh, that's the highest uh, over under this week is that Chargers Falcons game with good reason. Well, is it? We, we'll, we'll discuss it. But there's some some uh, something about that Chargers offense. I'm I'm still kind of worried about them. I think they're kind of missing some pieces, like all of them. <laughs> just you mean few. it's just and Austin they, Eckler and guys? And that quarterback is. is we don't know how beat yeah. up he still is. No, I'm with you there. I actually have both sides of that game this week in my DFS lineups. I have a Chargers lineup and a Falcons lineup. No, you're, you're loving that over then. Uh, for one of those teams, hopefully. <laughs> but 
still have to pick it, too. So not only do I have both sides from a gambling standpoint, I still have to pick the game. Um, very quickly, anything else about week eight uh, that was interesting uh, that you wanted to cover at all? I don't uh, remember. We didn't talk at all about that Miami-Detroit game. Uh, yeah, but, the, boy, the, you the push. The, no, team, no team pulls defeat from the jaws of victory better than the Detroit Lions. Because we both they, were absolute damn. genius on that pick. Uh, you had Detroit fighting back and biting some ankles, and yeah. I had Miami coming through because how is Detroit going to blow it this week? And they, they found a way. <laughs> it's the perfect push. Exactly. We both had it. The Lions are up 21-7 in that game. Yeah. I think that's um, the only game we – we didn't talk about uh, Washington Indy for good reason. Uh, not a very exciting reason. game. But yeah. eh, beer, beer man rallies back. Good for him. Beer man gets yeah again. You know they're, again. they're clearly that, that offense is clearly better with him than it was with Wentz. So I, I, I guess that's a good thing. And, Whatever uh, that's saying. Yeah. If I had a second letdown of the week, it would have been the Jets uh, after looking Ooh. so good. And uh, you know they they started to find it a little bit in the passing game. Garrett Wilson actually made an appearance for the first time in about six games. But they just they didn't they had no answers for the Patriots. That kid is is just disintegrating before our eyes, uh, Zach Wilson, and just yeah throwing things up for grabs. I see dead people. He really is the new ghost boy. He's just <laughs> panicking and throwing <laughs> complete terrible team. interceptions. Uh, and I will say, yes, you got that lock over me with Minnesota. They tried really hard, really <laughs> hard, not to win that game. Or to at least yeah. blow that cover. Arizona had multiple chances in the fourth quarter, deep to get that thing cut down, at least under the number, and just they just kept not being able to convert. Um, but good on the Vikings, uh, running mm-hmm. away with first place right now in the uh, in the North. And it doesn't help the Cardinals to have uh, offensive line injuries in addition to Kyler not looking uh, prepared to play. And their it, running game of, is atrocious. They, they can't run either. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, but DeAndre Hopkins, man, he's like the man. Was that 27 targets in two games? He's pretty good. Uh, he's like what Beerman is doing with Terry McLaurin. Like, I'm not doing yeah. anywhere other than this guy. I don't trust yeah. anyone. I'll tell you what, I, I've got like seven different lineups this week of all different dollar values. I have a whole lot of Terry McLaurin and DeAndre Hopkins. That, that would be very smart. If, yeah. if only they were point per reception uh, games, you'd really uh, be coming up with those guys. Oh, Kings well, is. there you go. Okay. It's PPR. That's why I have a lot of Austin Eckler, too. <laughs> yeah. That's a good call as well. Yeah. All right. Ready for week nine? Yeah. I'm actually going to put the headset down and try to get the bathroom break in in two minutes. So if I'm ah, not back right go. away, uh-huh. I'm going. That's okay. You know. I, so I'm not dead. I'm not dead. Okay. <laughs> I'm not dead. Right. And my internet still works if I'm not back in exactly two minutes. But I'll try to be quick. I'll be right back. Okay. Uh, Jay is talking about two minutes because this is where I play uh, myself, uh, letting all of you know where you can listen to our show on podcast um, and where you can contact us as well, and also where you can see our picks when I put them up after the show is over. So here's me for the next two minutes telling you all of that. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Not on the radio, but only here on the website, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail to be notified when we're live you can follow the show on the blog talk radio website or you can follow my twitter feed at imld dre when i tweet out when we're live before every show 
Jason is on Twitter too. His feed is at IMLDJTG. Our show is available as a podcast where you get the live show and a special VIP after show. To listen to the show as a podcast about an hour or so after the live show is over, come back to the show page and look through our archives or subscribe on iTunes or any number of different podcasting apps, including Player.fm, Mixcloud, Blueberry, and the TuneIn Radio app. You'll get the whole show, the live show and the after show, downloaded straight to you. You can always send us a question or comment or shout out via email to the following email address, in much less detail at gmail.com. You can follow all of our picks on our blog. The website for the blog is in much less detail.blogspot.com. Our Thursday night picks will be available Thursday afternoon on our Twitter feeds. Again, that's at IMLDDre and at IMLDJTG. This copyrighted broadcast is a production of Jay and Me and is solely performed for our entertainment as well as for any poor soul who happens to be listening. It is intended to be a football pick show for the private non-commercial use of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, retransmission, or any other use of the descriptions and accounts of this podcast without the express written consent of Jay or me is strictly prohibited. I made it. You did. That's the uh, one downside of the, the morning show is that you uh, fill up on all that coffee before the show starts. Well, yeah, Uh-oh. <laughs> got to run. Got two, I've got two cups of coffee and about 30 <laughs> ounces of water because I have a huge thing of water I drink during the show so I don't get frog uh, in my throat. Yeah. So, we, we, yeah. As you know, that's going to take a toll, so we, we understand. Yeah, uh, but you made it. You made it back in time. Yeah. Uh, six teams on by. I'll be doing the show in diapers. I was about to make a, a catheter joke, but I decided Thank you. not to. Thank uh, you. Yeah, Browns, Cowboys, Broncos, Giants, Steelers, and 49ers are sitting out yeah. this week, uh, leaving us with only 12 games to pick uh, for the rest of the way, which is good because we only got 46 minutes to do it. We'll, so. we'll still do the last two picks in five minutes or three minutes. So. That's but we're doing we do. better. We're doing better. You can't blame your wife this week. That's right. She's still in bed, so it's not her <laughs> fault. <laughs> Not her fault if we fall behind. Okay, uh, starting in a mere two hour, uh, one hour and forty five minutes, uh, yeah. week nine. The rest of week nine in the NFL. I'm still still kind of fuzzy. I feel like it's Saturday yeah. night. I know it, it is very very strange. Look, ten it's years funny. we've been doing night shows, so this is our first uh, morning I, uh, foray here. I ran upstairs to go use the bathroom, and it's sunny out. And my kids are up, and I'm like, <laughs> ah, I the, my brain is. I, I know. This. I know. Although. It's, it's, I had, you know, as you're in the bathroom, kind of get those epiphanies. I'm like, I could see doing these shows for like championship weekend and Super Bowl Sunday, mm. like day of, and, and, and mm. actually be okay with that. So keep that in mind. Interesting. All right. I'm, I'm down for it. Get the hype. Uh, we will start today uh, activities with the Bills and the Jets, going back to the Buffalo Bills, uh, who had that Sunday night uh performance if you want to call it that against the Packers where they really could have uh, put them down and just <laughs> decided not to kill them uh so they're now six and one the Jets are five and three in this battle of New York that will take place in New Jersey uh in the home of the Jets uh Bills they uh actually had some of the Schroeder trade moves uh mm-hmm. or one of the Schroeder ones 
where they trade Zach Moss, uh, their backup running back to Indianapolis, for their backup running back, Naheem Hines. But Hines is a much more of a receiving running back. So right. it's a very uh, fine-tuning type situation, but it's perfect for the Bills. Like, what what might we be missing from this destructive, kill-everybody team? Oh, a back that can catch out of the backfield and be a, a release for, for project. That's that's just what we need. They need another weapon for them uh, in the passing game. So actually, that's a, that's a very shrewd move. Uh, they activate, uh, finally, uh, cornerback Tredavious White. So he's going to get his first action in the year. Uh, but they will not have their safety, Jordan Poyer, with an elbow injury. For the Jets, uh, their wide receiver, Corey Davis, will miss another game with a knee injury. And their running back uh, acquisition, James Robinson, um, he's going to play, uh, but he's uh, got a knee injury as well. So he's probably not going to have too many snaps out there. Uh, Bill's biggest uh, favorite, uh, second biggest favorite of the week, they are minus 11 uh, at the 5-3 and three Jets. Right. It's always that fear factor with the Bills is are they motivated? Boy, are they just are they going to sleepwalk three quarters of this game and then just decide in the fourth quarter that, oh, wait, we're the Buffalo Bills and we're better than these guys. And let's just let's go destroy them and finish them off. Jets are so bad. I mean, it, it's a bad they're matchup. The Jets are the best, they're, 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 they play. They're bad for this game. They're not going to win a shootout. Zach Wilson against that Buffalo front. I mean, you're worried about him seeing ghosts against like questionable pass rushes. I don't know what he's going to see. Six Von Millers running at him in this game. I just get the sense that the Bills might not score a ton because they're bored, but I I just don't see the Jets scoring enough. Their running game is eh, without Brees Hall, and now James Robinson is a little limited. Um, yeah, they re- kind of rediscovered Garrett Wilson last week, but I just don't think that Zach Wilson is going to have a whole lot of time to do much damage. This this feels like the Steelers game to me, where the Bills are just the better team, and I think they'll just I think they just run up quick, and then just sort of glide in the rest of the way. And uh, yeah, there's always that fear, like with Aaron Rodgers, that Zach Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, yeah, okay, uh, not quite the same. I'm going to still take the Bills. I'm not. I'm going to kind of like you know. It's a hard swallow, but I'll take the Bills and give the points. So it is the best team in, in football. I don't give a fuck that the Eagles are undefeated. The Bills are the best team in football uh, versus the hot young defense. Uh, sort of a rivalry game, divisional matchup. Uh, they're on the road in the Meadowlands. Uh, it should be a fun game. Um, but, yeah, it's, it is a complete mismatch. Like, talent-wise, it's just no contest. The Bills are clearly the much better team. Um, and I'm definitely not going to take Ghost Boy over Project uh, in any contest in any way, shape, or form. I just can't see uh, him competing. So, yeah, I think the Bills will be just motivated enough with the divisional rivalry and the, the all the electricity that's going to be in that stadium for that game, one of only two games featuring winning teams this week. At least there's two. The last couple of weeks has only been one. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm going to take the Bills. I, I guess I'm going to take them to be just hyped enough. To, to barely make it <laughs> right. over um, and beat the, uh, the Jets. Well, it might be all you need. I mean, if you were betting right. quarters and halves, I'd probably have the Bills up until halftime and then probably fade them in the second half, but it should still be enough. Yeah, if the Bills are up three touchdowns uh, by the end of the third quarter, which they probably will be, uh, yeah. then that should be enough to hold on to an 11-point spread, I would think. Right. Uh, Clippers go down to the Georgia, well, what used to be the Georgia Dome. What I keep right. asking what the name of the new stadium is. I keep forgetting. It's Mercedes-Benz something because so is the okay. Superdome. So it's confusing because they're both 
Mercedes-Benz themed stadiums, which is the oddest naming quirk in all of football. Um, <laughs> I just call it the Georgia Dome. <laughs> uh, Comiskey Park, uh, Sears Tower. Yeah, uh, we're Sears old. Tower, yeah. Uh, so the Clippers and the Guinness Book of World Records, and it was talking about all the tall buildings, and he's talking about, oh, there's one in Chicago, Willis Tower. I said, no, 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 son, son that's the Sears Tower. <laughs> but no, it says Willis. I don't care what it says. I'm telling you, it's the Sears Tower. Um, so Clippers go down to what is not the Georgia Dome, but we're calling it the Georgia Dome. Four and three, Los Angeles Chargers. Four and four, Atlanta Falcons. Uh, and we briefly. Uh, reference the Chargers' injuries as far as their wide receiver core, such as, as it is. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, their top two rece- uh, receivers or starting receivers, both out. Uh, Williams has a bad ankle. Allen has a bad hamstring. Uh, their tight end, Donald Parham, out on injured reserve with a bad hamstring. The uh, the weaponry for the Chargers is dwindling. And besides, we don't still quite know how healthy uh, the quarterback uh, is is from his fractured rib cartilage. I still can't get that out, Justin Herbert. But uh, they are coming off a bye, so there is that. Uh, as far as the Falcons go, they might be uh, struggling in the back end because their best cornerback, A.J. Terrell, will not play. He's got a hamstring injury. But Cordero Patterson just got uh, freed up off of injured reserve last night. He will make his return in the backfield for the Falcons. Uh, Clippers are the road favorite minus three at Atlanta. Right. All of that is basically pretty much everything. All this game is is revolved around injuries. It's almost all bad on the Clippers' side, and it's somewhat good on the Falcons' side, getting back their biggest weapon in that offense. And that offense has been okay. They, they've Surprisingly, with Tyler Elchier and Caleb Huntley, they were still, you know, with Mariota running, a, a potent running attack. But getting Patterson back just opens up Mariota and everything just a whole heck of a lot more. The Chargers' defense isn't really scaring anybody. I, I do expect this to be a high-scoring game. And, and given three to Atlanta in their building, we saw this with the Niners. It didn't go well for them going across. Atlanta stepped up and played pretty well in that game. I do think the injuries and, and, and Herbert being hurt, it's still. I know they're still going to be able to score points. I just think that's a lot to overcome. Smells pushy. I think it's a field goal game either way. But if you think that and it's a three-point spread, take the dog. I'm taking the Falcons. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's close either way. I definitely don't feel strong about uh, either side. Uh, what's the deal with the Clippers' run, D? It's been just the bottom of the barrel for years now. Yeah. It's not any better. 5.7 yards per carry they're giving up? Oh, my God. And then they're going to face the Falcons, who the best thing they do is run? That could really well, get ugly. The only thing on they do side. is run. <laughs> Well, no, they're uh, almost like uh, uh, reminiscent of the of the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. When they pass, it can be explosive. The Atlanta doesn't throw much, but they are averaging eight yards a throw. So when they no, do Mariota throw, is uh, I was reading something this morning on uh, the PFF with all the quarterback grades, and they had all the charts. And the Falcons' efficiency for passing is ridiculously high. They just don't yeah. do it. Right when they do, it, it can be big plays. They just don't do it very much. Right. Um, so Atlanta can gash them on the ground. Uh, L.A. adjusting to Herbert's lack of deep balls uh, without these best two receivers. Uh, that's going to be intriguing. Can they make the adjustment? They got a, a week uh, to figure that out. They got the bye. Um, the bye, I think, will help him as far as his, uh, his injury goes. It'll help the Clippers coming across country because at least they're not coming off a game last weekend. 
so I don't feel great about it, but I'm taking L.A. I'm giving the three. I think they could win by like four, you know, five but or six, something like that. Don't be, sh- so. don't be shocked if this is a push like we had. And we're both right, you mm-hmm. know, like we were last week with uh, Detroit and Miami. We both get to show off our geniusness. Yes. Panthers go to Cincinnati. Uh, the tanking but still feisty Carolina Panthers are now two and six. And the Bengals, uh, are they feisty or are they just struggling? I don't know. They're four and four uh, for Carolina. Uh, they will not have Hubba Bubba again at running back with his ankle injury for Cincinnati. They got, of course, Jamar out the big one with his hip injury still. Uh, but they also got cornerback issues. Uh, Jadobi Awuzie, the veteran, former Cowboy, tore his ACL. He is done for the year. And Mike Hilton will also miss this game with a finger injury. Uh, Panthers are the big underdog, plus seven and a half at Cincinnati. Yeah. I have a hard time doing anything with the Bengals given this many points, but to take the points because they have, they didn't, they showed me nothing, literally nothing against Cleveland that they know what the hell they're doing. Carolina's pass rush is I it's, it's probably league average, maybe a little better. So that doesn't put Burrow in a good spot. I don't know. Joe Mixon's broken. The whole offense is just a mess. Uh, And the Panthers, somebody hasn't given the Panthers the memo that, Mm. that they should, like, stop playing, guys. What are you doing? They've been respectable. Deontay Foreman last week looked great. You know, so 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 Hubba Bubba's hurt, and here comes Deontay Foreman. They got DJ Moore. They, they lost their best offensive weapon in McCaffrey. It, it, somebody just has not given this team the message that just don't don't try. Stop trying, guys. We, we want that number one pick, which they're probably not going to get now. They just look good enough to stay under this number. Yeah, uh Middle of the league in quarterback pressures. You're absolutely right. The Panthers are – they're not great, but they're they are decent at getting after it. Only 12 sacks, but, uh, you know, Brian Burns and company, they, they will pressure any team that can rush the passer at all. That's a potential ugly L uh, for the Bengals because they just cannot protect Joe Burrow. Uh, Cincinnati DBs uh, getting hurt. Carolina, you know, P.J. Walker – He's actually been better than anyone will give him any right to be through those first couple of games. Uh, Carolina needs to run into a solid squad in order to knock them into reality and remind them, hey, you guys are supposed to be tanking. Yeah. How little of a of a solid squad do I think the Cincinnati Bengals are? Man, I'm actually just, locking up the you're just, tanking you're just team. You're toying with I, me now. I can. I'm balling. I'm, I'm doing between the legs, calling globetrotters. I'm showing off. I can do anything I want with these locks. I'm locking up the Carolina freaking Panthers because I think they can very easily win that game in Cincinnati yeah, with, no, with some I'm pass with rush. I'm, I mean, I, I think so too. But they'll find a way to lose. <laughs> they should. They better. Yeah. They'll send Eddie Oops. Pinero out there to kick that game-winning <laughs> field goal. Oops. <laughs> Uh, that, that's the right. That's, apparently, that's the right kicker to have. We said they should have Manny Mendola if they're really committed to tanking. Well, Pinero <laughs> might be the guy. He, he's, he's auditioning for that role. Oh man, they'll say Cody Parkey next week. Oh no, oh, Jesus, Cody Parkey. Uh, Raiders go to Jacksonville, another uh, West Coast or West side of the country team going east. Panthers, or I'm sorry, Ra- uh, Raiders are two and Raiders, five, yeah. and the, <laughs> it's, it's still early. And the, and the Jaguars are 2-6. and six. Both these teams uh, definitely struggling. Uh, Raiders are 0-4 on the road this year. Oof. Um, and they, they keep trying to get Darren Waller back to help them out at tight end. He's got a bad hammy. Looks like he's going to miss yet again. He keeps trying, but he keeps failing to make it out there. 
they are still favorites despite that. Raiders are minus two and a half at the Jags. Yeah, go figure. They, they scored zero last week. <laughs> Goose egg. They're going, to, going across the country, and they're given points. That, that's what people think of the Jaguars. What did I say about the Jags? All their losses by less than a score. And I feel like that's what it's going to be here. Is this, is this going to be by less than two and a half? Don't think so. I think the Raiders can get right in this spot. The, the, the Jaguars are just doing enough to find ways to lose. So they'll look good in stretches. Then they'll look awful in stretches. Uh, and I have a feeling that the Raiders, after getting completely embarrassed last week, bounce back on the road and uh, squeak one out here. So I'm going to actually take the road favorite Raiders um, and, and not really feel that good about it. I tell you, if Devontae uh, Adams doesn't get back to himself, the, the Raiders yeah. might get shut out again. Uh, they are, they might be dead in the water. Boy Wonder is just not figuring things out. Struggling. Um, very much. I think the key is, can the Jaguars shut down Josh Jacobs like the Saints uh, did, like they committed to yeah. doing? And the Jags are... 12th in the league uh, in rush defense, I think they can. I think they can uh, hold Josh Jacobs down again, and uh, I think that's the, the whole key to the Raiders' offense right now. Uh, they cannot get over the hump, um, and I'm going to actually take the Jags and, and take the two-and-a-half because I think they can win that game very easily. I want you to be right just from the standpoint that the Jags' only pathway to the playoffs right now is to win that piece-of-crap division. <laughs> and get, Honestly, at three and six, they're not out of it because the two teams in front of them aren't scaring anybody. So I'm all on the Jags. So I just can't pick them this week. They just find ways to lose. They're the lions. Now they're like the AFC lions. Finding a way. Finding uh, a way to lose. Low key. The most entertaining part of this morning show of ours is listening to you adorably censor yourself. Every time you don't say what you really want to say, because <laughs> Being your best friend for 40-some-odd years, I can tell when you're about to say something and you stop uh, and edit Well, I've yourself. had visitors also during the show. You know, my I wife keeps them. coming we, down here to do laundry. My daughter's been down here a time already, so I've kept to keep uh-huh. flipping up the microphone. Yeah. We, so. We've heard. <laughs> uh, so that, that, that's just hilarious. That's just entertainment in the background to me uh, because yeah, I know no, you're exactly what, uh, what you're going through <laughs> over there. <laughs> Uh, okay, we are going to Vikings and Potato Skins now. Minnesota, very low-key 6-1. and one. Uh, No one's talking about them for best teams in football, but there they are. And Washington, the very mediocre 4-4. Four and four. Uh, Vikings, very rare in-division uh, impact player trade as they uh, deal with the Lions and pick up the tight end yeah. TJ Hawkinson. Um, and that could be That's a really – huge. Yeah, that could be a really Reserve big Reserve Smith just got them. hurt. Mm-hmm. And that's all they need is another, you know, intermediate route runner. Right. Just slide him right in. That's a very shrewd move as well. Um, for Washington, uh, their rookie receiver, Jahan Dotson, still has a bad hammy. He's not going to play. And that's fine because Beerman is only targeting uh, Terry McLaurin anyway, so it doesn't really Which matter. Which is the right thing to do. Yes. Uh, Vikings are minus a field goal uh, at Washington. Okay. This is a weird one. Everything points towards the Vikings in this one. But some some reason, I've actually got the Washington Washingtons winning this game. Um, this just feels – yeah, Minnesota's been kind of riding high. They, they, they took care of Arizona last week, but they're giving up points in bunches too. The back end for the Vikings is not that Ugh. great. And, yeah, 
and a, a mobile quarterback, suspect running attack. It, it really does feel like it's going to be the Terry McLaurin show. And I, I could see Kirk Cousins doing Kirk Cousins things, you know. It happens once in a while, kind of going back home and uh, laying an egg. Yeah, back in Washington. So, yeah, so I'm actually taking the Viking. Uh, the, I'm sorry, the uh, the potato skins to spring the upset, and I really don't have any reasons why. You like that? You like that? Hey, a lot of our wins are you know, just because, or just I got a feeling. So understandable. Um, no, I, I am uh, worried about the Vikings uh, secondary as well. They they are giving up chunk plays uh, in bunches. Uh, I just you you got to know. If you're the Vikings, you know that McLaurin is the only consistent weapon uh, on the uh, Commandos. Yeah. Uh, so, so just stop him. That's basically the whole key to the game. If you stop him, they, the, the the skins don't have anything else. They need to like quadruple cover Terry McLaurin in this game. Basically, yeah, just just completely cut him off. Um, I, I'm going to take the Vikings and give the three just because they they got to know. You, you got to know. That's the way to do it. Um, if they win by four, that covers. So, I'll, I'll, again, a little bit like last week, I, I don't think they should be favored by this little. I, I don't I don't think they're world beaters, but I think they're three points better than Washington, right? I, I would think. They sh- I think they are. I'm just picking against them. Yeah. We'll see how it works. Uh, Colts and Patriots up in Foxborough. Indy 3-4-1, and one, New England 4-4. Four and four. Definitely the uh, mediocre bowl here. Uh, Colts solved all of their uh, issues on offense because they fired their offensive coordinator, Marcus Brady. That was the problem. Oh, that was that the was problem. It. Yeah, it, it, yeah, that it, was it, it wasn't thing. Matt Ryan playing, <laughs> you know, getting thrown the most picks, most sacks, most fumbles in the league. No, no I, I wasn't it at all. It, it was because of the play or, call. Or that, de- or that defense giving up a game-winning touchdown in a game, when only a touchdown would beat you. Well, it wasn't that either. <laughs> that was somehow the uh, O.C.'s fault, too, somehow. Yes. Uh, they got injury issues. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's ankle is still no good. He's going to miss this game. Uh, Deion Jackson will sub as his replacement. Uh, Quiddy Pay is back up as uh, edge rusher for the Colts. For the Patriots, Devontae Parker is out with a knee injury. Uh, Damian Harris has got some sort of illness. Looks like he's going to be forced to miss this game. Uh, but, again, that's a good thing for you because you're on record as saying Ramondre Stevenson is the best back on that team anyway. Yes, he is. Um, and this one, Colts are the underdog plus five at the Patriots. Uh, let's see. This has got Choco Hooters vibes to it. Remember <laughs> chocolate cake? Uh-huh. You know, Choco Hooters, Choco Hooters, uh-huh. right? I was married with children. Um, no, Bill Belichick, rookie opposing quarterback. Bill oh. Belichick, rookie, uh, lock of the week. I'm taking the oh. Patriots squish. <laughs> Choco Hooters. Choco Hooters, Choco Hooters. That's what this feels like to me. <laughs> you get the chocolate cake and the Hooters in this game. Uh-huh. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll agree in one part, in part uh, where I love the under for this. I don't see either one of these quarterbacks <laughs> lighting the world on fire. Um, Mac Jones, man, I don't. Uh, yeah, it, you got some stones locking bad. him. Yeah. Um, no, be another... I'm, I'm locking the goat coach. <laughs> I understand, uh, but it, it might be another trip to the. To the New like England the Patriots bullpen. start three of their drives inside the other team's 20. <laughs> Hard to lose. <laughs> but if Matt Jones, he's playing the way he's been playing. Belichick uh, might be raising the arm. Might be going back to the bullpen. He might be warming up some maybe, Bailey Zappi again. Maybe. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to take the Colts. I don't I, oh, man. Mac Jones just engenders very little confidence to me. Well, the best uh, thing for you is I locked this up. 
<laughs> so it's a guaranteed W for me this year. You got it. How it seems. It's poison. Pick I'm poison sorry. is me locking somebody up this year. I'm certainly hoping that continues. Uh, Dolphins, Bears up in Soldier Field, Miami at three, Chicago at three and five. Uh, they're they're a feisty three and five at least. I guess that's a good thing. A lot of trade deals uh, for both of these teams. Uh, Miami, of course, getting the edge, Bradley Chubb. Um, sort of another low-key shrewd move was going to the uh, 49ers and getting their backup running back, Jeff Wilson, and adding, yeah. adding him into that West Coast offense. They already had brought over Raheem Mostert when Mike McDaniel yeah. came over in the offseason. Now they go They don't have enough speed. They don't have enough speed on that offense. That that West Coast offense, baby. They they know what they what they need to do, and they know how to line it up. So yet again, I loved all these moves, but I loved how sort of shrewd and strategic they were to specifically uh, address areas that each of these teams are, are trying to fortify. I really like that move, low key. Uh, I don't know what was going on with Stephen Ross, but the Dolphins are not tanking now. Definitely not tanking definitely going forward and they and they they should the way that offense has looked the first half of the year of course Chicago's defense gets weaker yet again you know uh, Robert Quinn and now Roquan Smith yeah. and this is after Khalil Mack last year so just weaker and weaker and weaker but Chase Claypool that acquisition that's intriguing only because immediately he walked in he's the best receiver on that team immediately yeah, they not got even a, close not even close they got a team full of number threes Number threes and fours, and Claypool immediately yeah. walks in and he's yeah. the best. Yeah, so. Byron Pringle, Equiminius, oh. St. Brown, yeah, uh, Mooney. Darnell oh, Mooney and Nikhil Harry. Get the fuck out of yeah. here with those guys. Nikhil anyway. Harry, yeah. Yeah, uh. retreads and uh, outcasts. And, and never has-beens. And Chase Claypool. Uh, and now Chase Claypool. Uh, Dolphins are the road favorites in this one, minus four at Chicago. Yeah, you know, if this was a primetime game, I'd probably bear whisper the hell out of this, but it's not. Um, <laughs> I think the Bears will compete. Miami's defense isn't great, so I think the Bears are going to be able to scheme in. They're going to be able to run. I think, you know, that three-headed monster behind uh, you know Justin Fields and Herbert and Montgomery, I think they're going to be able to move the ball, but Miami can just kill shot you any time and the like it was supposed to be brutally windy for the game today in Chicago and now even that has been downgraded they were talking 30 40 mile an hour winds now it's more like 10 to 15 with the occasional gusts so even that doesn't scare me away from Miami because even if you can't pass it deep all you have to do is throw a two-yard pass to Tua or Waddle and it becomes a 70-yard pass so I'm gonna give the points with Miami I think the Bears will fight I think it'll be a valiant effort maybe for a half Miami's just too loaded I think and they're just gonna run away from the Bears yeah that Cheetah and Waddle combo is uh, on pace to be the best like ever the best duo uh, wide receiver ever the way they've been producing especially Uh, with the Bears missing two of their best defensive pieces now forever right yeah, and the young Bears defense, they've, they've been feisty, and they've got some yeah. kids back there that look like they, they can make some plays, but that's a severe test when you talk about Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. That's going to really uh, stretch them out. And Bradley Chubb, I talk about – I still like McCaffrey as the best of all the trade moves, but Bradley Chubb, I think, is, contention, is in contention to be uh, up there as the best because – I'm going to give you a throwback name here – uh, he might be the best addition because Miami specifically, what they were missing was that Cameron Wake-like quarterback killer, that guy yeah. that just Reggie got in White. there and 
uh, well, of course, if they could get Reggie White, but I, I guess I'm thinking specifically the Dolphins. You remember yeah. 10, 15 years ago, uh, no matter how bad their defense looked, they could still send Cameron Wake in there to, to wreck the right. quarterback and, and turn the game just by himself. And they've been missing that basically ever since Cameron Wake uh, left yeah. the organization. And Jason Bradley Chubb could be that. Yeah, Wade, yeah, that type of guy. And then, of course, to play, look at the chess match, and what do the Bills go get? An outlet valve. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. A check down. Okay, you're going to rush us yep. here. Oh, wait, yeah. You're going to blitz Josh Allen? Guy. Okay, eat this. Yep, take some of this. Um, so, yeah, very shrewd moves. I love them all. Um, the, that lets the rest of the defense fall back and just play coverage and do what they're supposed to do. I, I really like that move for uh, the Dolphins. I'm going to uh, concur with you and give the four. Uh, on to the uh, staying with the NFC North, Packers and Lions, Green Bay three and five, Detroit one and six. Uh, Green Bay, the Packers, they, I don't think you've been on social media this morning. They made a No, uh, I've been on the show. <laughs> before the show, obviously. Oh, okay. Uh, they, they made a concerted effort to get to as many reporters as they could to feed some oh. anonymous information about, <clears throat> excuse me, about how they really almost got so-and-so uh, in the trade deadline, and they really almost oh, got every this other time. guy. Every they're, time. They're going to hang banners at Lambeau Field about, we almost got Man. this guy 2022. Yeah, no, they're going to have their own, they're going to have the almost ring of honor, I think, eventually. <laughs> the they're going to have a whole ring of Packers. honor of guys that they finished <laughs> second for. Welcome to our induction ceremony for the potential Packer ring yeah, of I, honor. I was actually kind of glad, because I hadn't seen any of that all week. I unlike a lot of the people in this state that I live were I was not foaming at the mouth because the Packers didn't make any moves. Cause I'm like, you guys, you're going to stink. I mean, what, what what's they, your ceiling here? Just stink. They need, they need a lot. They, they need a lot of yeah. help. Just get some grad, get some draft picks. That's the way you build this team. You know, going and getting one right wide receiver isn't going to fix all your problems because you can't stop the run. Your offense is a mess. You're not doing what you should be doing on offense. You're not, they're not even feeding those two running backs enough or throwing the ball to them enough like I thought they were going to. It, it, it's just a mess. One receiver wasn't going to fix the whole problem. But it's good to know they almost got one. Almost. Uh, they, they went to feeding the, the running backs against Buffalo because <sighs> they were like, nothing else is going to work. <laughs> yeah. Aaron Jones looked really good in that yeah. game. So maybe they started to discover something that Samari Toure actually broke off a route and got open for Rodgers. That was the touchdown that blew the cover. Maybe, maybe there's improvement. Maybe Detroit's kind of a lame duck team. I don't. I hate this game, by the way. In <laughs> um, this one up in Motown, uh, Alan Lazard is going to try to come back from his shoulder injuries. A game yeah. time decision. Wait, so, uh, so they, who did the Packers almost get? I forget specifically who was being mentioned, oh. but it was. Uh, I don't even know if they mentioned specifically. It was just oh, okay. a g- generic story about the. Oh, there was a. There was at least one guy. It might. It might have been Claypool. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, they, I heard that they were in the running for Chase Claypool, but that was like a, you know, just a quick one. Yeah. They should, get one they, of their bum, they should get one of their buster wide receivers to wear a jersey that says almost Chase Claypool. <laughs> yeah. I guess they offered the same number two that yep. the Bears offer, but because the Bears number two is going to be so much higher than theirs. Um, that, uh, or that's or, what, or that's... somebody should just start buying up Packer jerseys and getting them made with the players they almost got. So I should have my <laughs> Packers Claypool jersey. Like the long list of uh, uh, Browns quarterbacks, that jersey was just a long <laughs> list of, these are all the quarterbacks we've had. <laughs> jersey that nobody uh. wants to wear. 
Um, Packers are missing their linebacker, Devondre Campbell, as if their yeah. run defense hasn't been suffering enough. Um, and then for Detroit, they're down wide receivers. Uh, Josh Reynolds is doubtful with a back injury. DJ Chark had to go on IR with an ankle injury, so they've got. Oh, and they traded too. their tight end. And by the way, they traded their starting tight end. Yeah. Uh, in division. Oof, interesting. Um, Packers are still the favorite in this one, minus three and a half at Detroit. Yeah, I'm sure it'll come out next week that the Packers almost got TJ Hawkinson. <laughs> who knows? The Lions might just be like, man. I can't say it. The pack, you know, f the Packers, <laughs> right? Since you're enjoying this so much. Free <laughs> um, yourself again. Was that three in the hook? Because that's what I had. Yes. Yeah, I, I love Detroit in the hook. I, I mean, this is boil it down to that. They're going to find a way to lose. It's probably going to be high scoring. I don't see a whole lot of defense getting played in this game. It's going to be a lot of DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams just tearing through the Packers crap run D. And then you're going to have on the on the other side, you're probably this is probably Aaron Rodgers' best spot of the season. If that off, you know, if the passing game is ever going to look okay, and you're going to try some things, and you're going to try to salvage this season, you you better do it in this spot because after this week, man, Titans, Cowboys, and Eagles, I believe, are the next three. Not in that order, but. Uh, it ain't going to look pretty because they're playing three really solid opponents coming up. I mean, so even if they do get to that fourth win, they might be stuck there for a while. But I'll take the uh, Lions and the points. It's got 30 to 27 vibes all over it. I'm with you. I don't like uh, either side uh, very much in this one either. I can see both ways. I can see the Lions uh, biting some ankles and coming through. Yep. Uh, that offense has really been struggling. But uh, that Green Bay run beat, that might be their medicine. It might be exactly what they need. Uh, I'm going the other side because I think the Detroit passing defense and giving up 8.4 yards per throw is the medicine that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers needs, to your point, that this is their best chance if they're going to break out and have some sort of offensive development. Plus, watching the Bills game and watching Romeo Dobbs, again, show and flash that ability. He's got big play home run ability. That touchdown catch was amazing. That touchdown catch that he made was ridiculous. It was crazy. His problem well, doesn't seem to be his hands. His problem seems to be where he is. <laughs> yeah. He's got some, some issues figuring things out where he's supposed to be. Yeah, that, that's true. So last but, week I told you to play Tyler Algier over Romeo Dobbs. It still worked. Uh, Algier okay. outscored him. It okay. wasn't by All much. Right. But he it did was because I, I saw the result because Algier didn't do much on the ground, but he had that rush, uh, the receiving touchdown. He, Right, he got in. He, 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 so he got I, was, in as well. I was curious about that because then when Dobbs scored on Sunday night, I was like, "Oh, I hope I didn't screw mm-hmm. Dre because I told him to do Algier." But I still had a feeling Algier might have slightly outscored him. You, you you got that one right. Algier did slightly okay. outscore him. I did win the uh, the the matchup. Um, okay. And all I all I can say is uh, thank God for the Bengals uh, not knowing what they were doing, and thank God for Nick Chubb. Oh. That's why I won that matchup. <laughs> God. I, I needed 21 points going into Monday night, and he oh. got 26. So thank you yeah. for that. All right. Whew. Yeah, I was actually uh, thinking about that this week because uh, I was listening back to the show and got to that part of the show, and I was like, I'm going to remember to ask about that. So I'm glad, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. So that was, it was close, but, but Algier did, did do it. Um, I'm going with the Packers. This, uh, uh, again, this is my whole thing about the Packers and, and saying 9 and 8 and all that is that they're going to start out very rough because – the receivers yeah. left behind are all the guys that Rodgers didn't trust before. 
and it's going to take time to build up and get that together. Well, this is a good spot for them to start maybe building up and getting it together. So I, I think this is the best spot uh, for Rodgers and for that uh, offense to figure things out. So I will take Green Bay in this one. I've just got the weird feeling, because I do think the Packers score a lot of points in this game. I just think they give up a bunch, too. Uh, this feels like an Aaron Jones three-touchdown game to me. Like, you know, one rushing and two receiving. Uh, th- it really feels like they're going to get back to that. Uh, it's uh, The way the Lions are giving it up in the air, this feels like a three-Romeo Dobbs touchdown day to me. I mean, I've got a, got pieces of this game all over my DFS this week. So, of all the Packers receivers, dirt cheap. <laughs> Let's get to the extremely strange uh, late afternoon slate, which consists of all of two games this week for some unknown reason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, NFC West action, Seahawks and Cardinals. Seattle now 5-3 and three after their big win over the Giants, and the Cardinals at 3-5. and five. Uh, Seattle will not have Marquise Goodwin at their disposal with his hamstring injury, but I was worried about the other two receivers, the one and two, uh, Metcalf and uh, Lockett. Last week, they both showed up. They both scored touchdowns, and the and the uh, Seahawks needed both of them in order to win that game. So I guess, I guess they're okay, but they didn't look like they were burning any rubber out there. But they did enough. They 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 yep. got in the end zone, and that's all they needed. Uh, for the cards, uh, baby Terminator is a game time decision with those ribs. Uh, he's going to try to come back at running back. Uh, Buddha Baker is also a game time decision. The safety has an ankle injury. And this one. Uh, Seahawks are actually the dogs. People still not quite believing in the Seahawks. They are plus one and a half at Arizona. I've got no problem uh, taking those points. Uh, you know, I said this was going to be the uh, massive over last time these two played a few weeks ago. I ended up being the 19 to nine game. <laughs> Go figure. Um, Seattle just feels like the more complete team here to me. You know, I mean, Geno Smith is playing great. Kenneth Walker is playing great. They've got the two big stud receivers. They mix in the tight ends really well. And the defense, you know what? I was looking at their uh, their PFF grade, their overall defensive grade, is 20. That That's not awful. That's not what we're used to from this legion of room from the last few years. Arizona is so one-dimensional. There, there's really one pathway to victory for them, and that is Kyler Murray goes insane running the football and throwing the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. If that doesn't happen... I don't think Arizona has any chance. They're not getting the two pick sixes in 60 seconds like they did against uh, Andy Dalton a couple of weeks ago. I I think Seattle will handle their business here. I think they're the better team. Yeah, you referenced that week six game, uh, 19-9 win uh, at Seattle for the Seahawks. So there's a couple of factors in that one that would not be an issue today. First of all, Arizona went 0-3 on – Fourth inside and fourth down inside the Seattle 30-yard line. You remember why they kept going forward inside the Seattle 30-yard line? Their uh, starting was kicker Matt Amendola, uh, their kicker, was hurt, and they had Matt Amendola as their kicker for some Man. reason, and they didn't trust him at all. It's Man. like, why is he on your team if you don't trust him? Like so that, that was the game when we said, just don't kick at all. <laughs> just don't have a kicker. So they basically tried to to do that. Uh, so that's not an issue. And, of course, New Coppins was still serving out his suspension, so he wasn't there as well. So that's two factors on the side of Arizona. Um, the, the ball hawk Seattle DBs, they didn't have to contend with Nuke, uh, so good luck with that. Um, I still don't like Kyler's play. Um, he still looks unprepared, but he, he might win just throwing to, to D-hop over and over again. Uh, so I'm actually going to uh, give the one and a half and take the Cardinals, even though I, I agree that they're not a good, as good a team as the Seahawks. I, I definitely agree yeah. with that. 
I mean, the teams uh, can be had. I mean, I get it. It's a, mm-hmm. They know each other. Sometimes things just don't go your way. I mean, I understand your pick. I don't hate your pick, but yeah. Seahawks probably man. feeling themselves after that Giants. It's just yeah. so yeah, and, and then also yeah. winning all those awards this week. But it's just so hard <laughs> when you know you've only got one way, one out way, one outlet to win the game. You like all the variables in this game. Arizona's got one. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, it's tough. Um, the only other uh, late afternoon game isn't even on the West Coast. It's the West Coast team, the LA Rams, but they're in Tampa, so it's basically a night yeah. game there uh, in the evening. Uh, but neither one of these teams are where they thought they would be. Rams three and yeah. four, Tampa Bucks three and five. Uh, everyone's talking about Tommy and his the the breakup of his marriage and all of that stuff. So there's a lot going on there. Uh, injury issues for the Rams. Cooper Cub twisted up his foot at the end of that game last week against the Niners. He probably shouldn't even have been in there. Um, looks like he uh, survived that and is not going to miss this game, but we'll see how effective he is. Uh, and as I mentioned, Cam Akers is back in the family. He was trying to get a divorce, but that didn't work out. So it looks like they're going to welcome him back and they need him because they don't have any good running backs uh, in the backfield for the Rams. Um, and as far as the Bucks go, they won't have their tight end, Cam Brait, with a neck injury. They won't have receiver Russell Gage with a hamstring injury. They won't have their cornerback, Antoine Winfield, who's dumpling. So they got a lot of things going on there. Uh, they're still the favorite Rams with a cop-out line plus three at the Bucks. The hilarious part of this matchup is the clear the slate clearly for this game. That's why there's only Oops. two games. Ah, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, maybe you should have had somebody else in the afternoon slate because uh, I have man, everybody's going to get this game, and people are probably going to be wishing they were watching this Seattle Arizona game. Uh, man, two, two, the two most the two most broken teams in football. I mean, you've got broken players, broken marriages, broken game plans. I mean, it's all there. It's broken. Yeah. Uh God, I, it feels like, where's the dime? Um, <laughs> it really feels like that kind of a game. I'm going to take Tampa, I guess. Ooh, that sounded I like guess. that hurt. <laughs> it did. I mean, it's not even like it's an anti-Rams or a pro-Bucks pick. I, You know, Mike Evans drops a 70-yard bomb a couple of weeks ago. I mean, they clearly have the better playmakers, I believe, overall. The Rams, I think 80% of their targets go to Higby and Cup. They can't run the football to save their lives, which has been a way to go after Tampa this year. So I think Tampa's slightly better. Maybe the cobwebs and some of the after-divorce stuff starts shaking off a Tom, a little rust a little bit, maybe takes it out on somebody. This would be the spot for it. So I'll take the Bucks, give the three, I guess. Yeah, Rams uh, next to last, next to DFL uh, in rushing yards per game in the league. Yeah. They are terrible. You know they don't even last? try that hard. You know, who's, you know who's DFL in rushing yards per game? Is it Tampa? It, it is. Oh, God. DFL. They're averaging three yeah. yards a carry this year. Three. They have Leonard Fournette and Rashad yeah. White. What are they doing? I, I don't know. I well, they, they, they like Thanos snapped Leonard Fournette out of so many game plans this year, it's not even funny. <laughs> I get all the defenses are just loading up and saying, okay, we're going to make Kwame beat us. And it, it, it's not happening. It's I know who Tampa happening. misses the most. Bruce Arians. <laughs> uh, or Gronk. I mean, I think that would loosen yeah, things up, too. They could get him out of retirement. Yeah, Cade uh, Otten is not Gronk. <laughs> not quite. 
Well, you can you can smell it too. You can smell the desperation on both sides of of, of this game. So either both of them. Well, you're closer um, to it than I am. <laughs> Maybe it's wafting closer to you know Memphis than it is up here. That that, that might be that smell. That might be it. Um, here, here's the difference to me. Uh, I don't know either side uh, uh, which one to go, which way to go either way. So I, I made this be my uh, sort of leaning preference here. Aaron Donald can be the difference. Uh, yeah. And getting to Tommy, as we've always said, bust him in the fucking mouth. And Tampa, as much as Matthew Stafford, as much as the Rams have, have struggled to protect him, um, lose a huge, huge piece. Uh, Shaq Barrett busted up his, his ankle, uh, his Achilles, yeah. uh, in the last game, and he's out for the rest of the year. So they can't quite match up uh, pass rushing the way that the Rams can. So I'm going to use that and take the Rams and take the three points. Uh, I'm kind of, I'm with you. I'm kind of shrugging my shoulder. Uh, Either way on that. Right. Yeah, we pick them all. Yep, we do. We're saying that about uh, what's supposed to be the marquee game of the week, and we're like, man, who the hell cares? If it smells pushy to me, that would be perfect. <laughs> on Sunday night, the uh, other game featuring winning teams, the Titans uh, visit the Chiefs. They're both 5-2. and two. Tanny's bad ankle or Achilles or knee or whatever is his problem uh, it's not quite as bad as Malika Willis looks. Uh, <laughs> Willis and Arrowhead scares the hell out of the Titans, so they put Tanny on the plane. He's there yeah. in KC. Yeah. And he's Tanny on gonna... crutches might do better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's gonna looks like he's going to give it a go tonight uh, unless something happens and they decide not to. Um, for KC, uh, they, they add Kadarius Tony, another shrewd move. We talked about it when it happened. Um, and they get the week to add him out because it's Andy Reid on a bye week. Oh, boy. Um, probably par- uh, partially because of that or partially because of the quarterback situation. The Titans, despite having the same record, are plus 12 and a half, biggest spread of the week at Kansas City. This line is proof that all five and two teams are not made the same. Um, mm. I don't really care if this is Malik Willis or Ryan Tannehill. I, I just don't see Derrick Henry by himself being able to keep this game close. And like you said, it's KC. They're com- and the evil genius of Andy Reid coming off the bye. Uh, I don't even want to know what kind of weird geometry that you always call it they're going to come <laughs> up with in this game. They probably will have several plays for Gadarius Tony, and you'd be like, oh, my, what are they doing? You know, it's just going to be crazy motions and reverses. And, yeah, uh, I'd, I'd like the Titans to be competitive in this game, but I don't see it happening. I'll give them all. Uh, I respect Andy Reid as much as anybody. Uh, Twenty and three, I heard this morning uh, off the bye. If you count the uh, Eagles' days as well, wow. Twenty and three, that is unbelievable. Uh, but Derrick Henry, he's rounding in the form. I thought he didn't have it last week. He said, "Yeah, I still got it. Don't worry about me." Um, and they kicked KC's ass last year, twenty something to three. Um, this is what they do. They take teams that they shouldn't really be next to, and they find a way to not just compete but beat them. I'm definitely not calling for the Titans to beat the Chiefs tonight. I'm going to okay. call for them to, to stay within two touchdowns, which is a lot of points. So I don't, I don't think that's imagining too much. I mean, they're going to rely on Derrick Henry either way, and I don't know if the Chiefs can really slow him down too much. So I will take the points. They might have and Mon- 13 in the box in this game because if that's Malik Willis <laughs> – are you scared? Oh. Uh, no. Uh, Monday night will be the Ravens and the Saints down in the Superdome. Baltimore at five and three. New Orleans at three and five. Of course, Baltimore dealt for Roquan Smith, um, and New Orleans has their injury issues, uh, which are plenty. We'll cover them all uh, in the after show if anyone cares about that. But we got to get to the actual pick. 
Baltimore is a very slight favorite, minus one at the Saints. It's it's prime time Andy Dalton, but it's not Thursday oh, no. night. I'm oh. taking the Saints to win. Um, oh. the, the Saints aren't that bad, and the Ravens on the road, tough spot. I like what the Ravens are doing, but I don't still don't think they're over these fourth quarter yips yet. And uh, I think the Saints. I wouldn't be shocked if this is another Ravens get out big, Saints come back and win type game. I'm going to take the Saints kind of on a feeling here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, New Orleans needs to shut down the deep middle, tight end targets, whether it was uh, Mark Andrews or Isaiah Likely. It looks like uh, Andrews is not going to play. Uh, they need to force Lamar to look to the to the deep shots, which is cl- clearly his weakness. Uh, but I, I, I still like Baltimore with their fortified pass rush. Now they had Roquan Smith, such a smart move for them. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd like them to force Red Rifle into some killer mistakes. I know it's not Thursday night, but I still like them to to make him uh, look pretty silly. And I will take the Ravens and the one give the one point. More on after show. to our VIP after show program, which obviously will not last very long as we all have to get ready for the Sunday action, which is going to begin yeah. in an hour. Right. <laughs> get back to my family. What was that seven? Was that, it's more than five this week. It's got to be. Oh, that'd be a lot. If there's only uh, 12 that we're picking. I think we disagreed a lot this week. It felt like it. Wow. Is that Nine? Nine? Yeah, let me, let me count the ones that we agree on, which appears to be a lot less. We agree on <laughs> Buffalo. Okay. We agree, we agree on, on Buffalo. Miami. We, we, uh, we agree on Miami. That's it. We disagree on everything else. Wow. Wait, no. In Carolina. Oh, okay. Eight. That's, that's it. Buffalo, Carolina, and, my, and Miami. Uh, so that's nine because it's twelve left oh, over 12 that we're games? picking this week. Got it. Holy cow! Yeah. How about that? We, we broke that five, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you'd broke figure on a short time. slate like this, but we definitely see this week differently, and we're both kind of yeah. throwing some darts this week too. We are. There's a lot of those picks where we're both kind of like, eh, I don't know yeah. either way, but there's some shots in the dark calling some teams to win, you know, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I've got like Washington winning and yeah. got Tennessee staying in the game, not to necessarily to win the game, but yeah, yeah, I, I, some... this is a lot of, a lot of wild ones out there for both of us. I like it. You crapped on my lock again, <laughs> which is a good move by the way. Well, so far, so far, so good. Man, Belichick and Ellinger. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I should have, I, re- I should have that as my Choco Hooters game of the week. <laughs> Uh, that's that's only for uh, for the special people that listen live. Uh, only they know about that. Oh yeah, I wonder how many people how many people even get that reference at all. I knew you'd get that one. Yeah. Uh yeah. It's, it's been a been a minute for uh, Married with Children. Their heyday. That, that's been a while, but they're still on the <laughs> still that's on. Right. Um, yeah, like I think logo. TV or on one of those yeah. stations or something. Or yeah. And they're still in syndication. Uh, yeah, so uh, the, the verdict on our first morning show, I, I, like I said, I love you uh, editing yourself, but uh, overall, what, uh, what, what's your I, thoughts? 
it just it still feels weird. I feel like I'm going to get off the show and go to bed. Right. <laughs> you know, not that I'm going to get off the show, go upstairs, have some time, eat lunch, watch football, and still have the whole rest of my day left to go. I, I don't hate it. I mean, I would if it, 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 it's it remains an option. Is, is I think the best. I okay. wouldn't say let's do this all the time, right. but um, you know I, I still don't I still don't mind the whole Saturday night thing because obviously going into Sunday I'm off work so I don't care if I'm up late on Saturday as much because I you know couldn't sleep in and this also mm-hmm. feels weird just because of the fact that it was with the time change so it was a whole lot of weirdness going on right you know no it was but, uh, it was definitely weird it was it was unusual. Well, yeah, I mean, you texted me last night about the power, and then we're not sure. Then we were then we were going to try to do the show at ten thirty p.m., but it wasn't. It was so close to that, it wasn't going to let you. So I actually was up last night watching the movie, watching the movie with the family. It was just a very, very strange. But still knowing that I got to get up and do all the stuff for the game, I actually liked this because getting up, I felt like I had more time. I didn't feel rushed like I feel on Saturdays to do all of this right, when I get home from right. work. Um, but I'm always thinking about this stuff all week, so it's really just getting all my notes in in form. You know, I've already got most of my awards in my brain. It's just committing them to the uh, to my spreadsheet here that I have them all typed in, which is nice because this way I get to save all my awards every week. I've been doing this since uh, week five, so I've actually got all of my awards and all of my picks uh, each week uh, lined up here, and it's actually been pretty good. I think that'll help me come time when I want to do like season stuff mm-hmm. at the end of the year if I'm thinking of something or can't think of something I can go back through um, for my awards but I'm, I'm I, definitely doing that yeah I'll see how it I'll see how it feels as the rest of the day goes on like because it's that's the weird part of this is doing this and then knowing I still have the whole rest of the day ahead of me yeah it, it is definitely odd I definitely um, I'm glad you uh, suggested that we do it at nine and not ten which was my initial suggestion because oh yeah i I wouldn't have had any time to put the pigs on the blog. Yeah, I, I didn't want to do after we're done. Up. Yeah, I didn't want to run right up to the games. Right, um, and I haven't done any DF, uh, DFS work at all, which I still have to do. Ah, um, there you go. Do you need any tips? <laughs> I have so many lineups this week. I told you I even have a lineup with field starting. <laughs> but uh, there's some there's hey. some like crazy mad genius stuff I have going in that lineup because I have Fields as the quarterback but he's so cheap, I actually have Hill and Waddle in that same lineup. Wow. So I'm expecting – so I have Fields and Herbert on the Bears' side. So I think Herbert's the better running back. Um, and they said uh, – Eberflus this week said he's going to – he coded that Herbert's going to be the guy because he said he's going with the hot hand. doesn't take you too long to realize what he was talking about. You don't have to see, you know, read between the lines there. Um right. And uh, but that has saved me so much salary. I was able to put Hill and Waddle in the opposing lineup. So if that game goes, that could be a lot of points. Sure. If there's any game where you're going to take a wide receiver duo, that that's the that's the team. I can tell you, I also have a hell of a lot of Patriots defense this week. <laughs> um, no no argument there um, against yeah. the kid. I just don't – I can't trust in Mac Jones right now. He looks like he's playing like he's scared to lose his job. And we know how you – when you play that what? you're scared to lose your job, yeah. you're going to lose your job. 
because you're not playing to, to win. You're playing right. to, to yeah, not get were, fired. You, you thought he was coming back from this Bailey Zappi thing like a new man. I think he's coming back, like, you know, looking in the rearview mirror. Yeah, that's what it appears. Uh, that is yeah, what's not going easy on. to drive a car if you're just staring in the rearview mirror the whole time. <laughs> that's really difficult. I don't want to try to do that. Yeah, he's got Bailey Zappi in the back seat just staring at him. <laughs> that does like not the, sound like, like the a the landlady in Kingpin. <laughs> Which is a, a gag I would not have gotten uh, four years ago because I just watched that movie like four years. Oh, ago. <laughs> you know me in movies. I either I yeah. never watched them or I'd get I get around to watching them twenty years that. after I'm glad they came you out. Did because that's that's a, that's, that's a funny movie. Very funny, very funny Especially movie. For you yeah. who likes bowling, yeah, exactly. Big big bowling man. Um, which reminds me of what's happened with our league uh, real quickly um, as, as we kings of non sequitur off uh, into space here. The bowling alley um, here in, in the suburb that I live is so jacked up. We actually had to leave. All the, all the leagues had to leave what? that bowling alley because it's so uh, under, it, it's in need of repair. The lanes were all so jacked up. The league, we weren't bowling next to each other. We were spread out. Like one team here and the, their opponent is three lanes down, and then the other game is two lanes from the, because can't have. There were no two lanes that were together that were actually both working in that in that bowling alley. They were that messed oh, wow. up. Um, like pins were or or broken. Uh, the pin setters were not picking the pins up because the pins were broken, so they would just you know come down to pick up pins and just not get them not grab them and then or grab them halfway and drop them and mess up what was left so you constantly had to go resetting the pins um and we just everyone got sick of it finally and and we we all left uh we actually <laughs> Jesus Uh-oh oh, I what, just, what happened My son just scared the hell out of me <laughs> I just am sitting here listening to you talk, and I just swivel my chair, and he's standing with his face right in my face. <laughs> Sorry. Hi, buddy. You want to talk? Okay. Hello? Hello? There you go. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Good. Yeah, I heard you had uh, hurt hurt yourself. You had hurt your foot. Is it is better now though? Yeah, so I need glasses. Oh. You uh, have you gotten the glasses yet? No. Oh. Oh, she's all right. Oh. Just, just rips the headphones off <laughs> and puts them back on my head. You want to hear me talk? Okay. All right, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> is, is this you know, part of the get after after show after show cute factor? That's never happened before either. Right, because they're usually well asleep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, that's part of the morning uh, hijinks you're gonna get. You never know. <laughs> you know, at, at least they didn't uh, bounce in and out of the whole show and really uh, get on there. I, I, I kind of half expected them to be there ready when I started the show. No, uh, no, no. My daughter tried. She snuck down here at one point, but I just kind of gave her the point. That's when we were in the middle of the pick. So I was just like, no, nope, don't have time. Nope. Don't <laughs> yeah. want to blame everything on her in the after show. <laughs> not, that anybody else a, would, um, not that anybody else would do that. Get on a crap list like my wife. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, buddy, go throw this away. Go throw that away. Go throw that away. Upstairs, swirling the garbage. <laughs> Sorry. That's yeah, all right. But no, the 
the upshot is that um, the only bowling alley left in this area that had that had an opening on Wednesday night is uh, ironically out in the suburb that my wife's uncle lives, which is oh crazy because that's thirty minutes from here. So, oh wow! So I went I went from a league where I you know eight to ten minute drive uh, on Wednesday night to now thirty minutes there and back every Wednesday, which is going to be. Um, I hope I don't uh, get so frustrated that I just quit because I can see myself being that tired uh, after a while. But this past Wednesday was the first time for it, and it went okay. Uh, you know, the league, the the alley out there is is kind of old, and and you can tell that it's you know not the the most modern, but it's much better than where we were. All right, the lanes work. We didn't have to wait to set up the pins all the time. We didn't have to wait on uh, you know the ball return. Uh, the, to keep getting stuck and having to go repair that. So just the fact that it works, we're, we're very happy with the fact that the, the bowling alley actually works and we actually were bowling next to our opponents instead of having to be spread out three and four lanes everywhere. Sounds like an improvement. I think it's worth the but time investment. Was. I guess it is. Yeah, I, I guess. And we, we have fun. All right. That, that's uh, just wanted to get that out there. We were talking about bowling. Um, yeah, that was so, called non sequitur. Uh, definitely, just completely spun off. Uh, uh, so, do you do you have anything uh, you wanted to add? Uh, DF, no, I, I, I more can tell I'm starting. I'm starting to get visitors now. I think they're mm-hmm. they're probably wanting wanting me off off the show. Yep. Um, and I, I got to put the uh, the lines up on the blog and yep. get ready for for get the your action. DFS slate going. Get, yeah, get ready for the action. We're just starting in 45 interest. minutes. And there's interest this week because we disagree on a lot. We'll go four yeah. and four against each other, though. That's that's normally what happens when we pile up this many. What a push! Oh yeah, four, three, and one against each other. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of pushing this year too. There's a, there's, a, there's a lot of threes, you know. At least right, two of them. That 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 Ram, uh, the the Falcons one, and then the Bucks Rams. Both of those feel pushy to me. Um and yeah, Vikings uh, potato skins. Yeah, that, that's possible. Uh, yeah, well, this was the last time we had a week with multiple pushes. Uh, it's been a long time. It does happen, though. It, it does. And you can probably circle or put green or whatever you do to mark a win on whatever I locked. So <laughs> that's I'm already one down. You got the goat coach, man, uh, against a, a kid, against a good quarterback. You, you feel very good win about by it. Four. They win by four. <laughs> They'll miss an extra right. point. That happened to me a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. I've had them all. I have lost locks in the craziest ways this year. It's been, been a rough year for you, but you're, yeah. you're right there. As far as the picks goes, you're three three behind me, so oh, you just uh, anything can happen. Got a, got a lot of, got a lot of weeks ahead of us. <laughs> hey, even if I drop all eight, I'm only 11 back. <laughs> well, this is, this is true. Or I could be up. Who knows? It's it. That's a lot. That's a lot. A lot at stake. This could be an interesting show next week. Yeah, I, I might have seen everything completely wrong, and I might have just screwed myself here. Well, we're about to find out very shortly. Well, yeah. All right. Well, it's been fun. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I know I definitely enjoyed that. That was that was a lot of fun. And it's, it is still very weird to look to my left and see the sun coming through the window, but uh, I, I definitely enjoyed it. Uh oh. He's just, he just thought it was funny to walk up and say hello into the microphone. Because <laughs> I've got a headset with the drop-down mic. Right. You know, I look like air traffic control. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, all right, I'm done. All right.
All right. Hopefully everybody else enjoyed uh, our first foray into uh, morning zoo uh, talk show hosting, and uh, we'll hopefully do it again down the line in the future. Like Jay said, maybe uh, conference title games or Super Bowl, uh, maybe get the show in uh, during the day. We got we, It won't be a, a noon start when it comes to those games because those games start much later in the day. So, uh, yeah, something to look uh, look into and, and maybe do down the line in the future. Okay, let me put these picks up on the blog. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been in much less detail, the podcast, the first uh, Sunday morning edition of the show. Thank you all for listening. Hopefully everyone enjoyed it uh, as much as we did. And we'll be back at our normal time, at least we uh, intend to be, <laughs> if the power allows me to here, uh, next Saturday, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central to recap week nine and to look ahead to week 10 in the NFL as the season rolls along. And we plan to talk to you then. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.